To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to Sports Talk with Coach and Kurt, episode 105, man. We back in the building, man, each and every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On all your popular platforms, you get your podcast from. I am your host, Coach Divas, alongside Coach Kurt. We are the misfits of the airways back in your building, man, off a week hiatus, man. We appreciate everybody that's been holding us down. Viewership has been booming, even though we've been gone. We appreciate everybody that's been supporting us in our hiatus. And we are back to give y'all the news and views of the sports world as only we know how. Coach Kurt, what's going on over there, good brother? Hey, man, I'm doing well. I'm feeling like uh, Hemi Buckets after Game 7 right now. I told y'all that everything was going to be all right. Stay calm. Right. The misfits of the airways were coming back. We're back in the building. And say we're happy back. birthday to my guy. Happy born day to you, sir. Happy Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Day. Your boy done took another trip around the sun, man. Blessing highly favored, man. So we're here to do it big. As always, man. You know. Oh, you know, we're gonna do this thing as we know how, as we always do it, man. Ain't nothing changed. You know, yeah. it's not a game. It is ordained. We're doing the things big, man. So, man. Okay. Hey. Hold on. We ain't going to run past that. It ain't a game. It's ordained. Okay. I see you. Little I see you. you okay. Know, we rhyming on our, our our trip around the sun. I got you. Okay. Hey, man. You know, do what you got to do, brother. Good. You yeah. got to do, man. Yeah. So, you if know. you don't do it, who will? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, so we yeah. got a lot to talk about today. And listen, yeah, for those out there viewing it is this in the chat right now, man. And it is a fan appreciation show. So we're yeah. going to uh, we going to cordially invite anybody that's in the chat as the show goes on, anytime throughout the show. If you want to come on and talk to Coach Curry and I, you yeah. are more than welcome, man. Anybody that wants to let wants to be in a show, let's drop a line in the chat. We'll shoot you the link and we'll bring you on, man. Give you, you know about yeah. five minutes or so to talk, chop it up with us. So if you want to, if you want to hang out and give your opinions on certain things, we'll do it big, man. So like I said, yeah. fan appreciation show, birthday stream, man. We're gonna do a thing big, man. So yeah, come on, come so, on, look, come on in, come on in. The doors of the church open. Yes, yes, <laughs> the yes, doors yes. of the we, church open. We welcome you. Come we on welcome in you. Today. Come on in yeah. on this side of this, this side of of Sports Talk Zion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cathedral of sports and Indeed. entertainment. Come on in. You know, might even pass the collection play while we at it. Yeah. Might even yeah, pass yeah. the collection play. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, P. Jones. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about today, man. We've been off a week, yeah. man. It's been a lot of things going on, man. And things Ooh. will never slow down, no matter how much we are here or not here. It is definitely booming, man. Yes. You yes, know, indeed. so. Uh, the NBA playoffs, man, uh, as we always ceremoniously do when it comes down to, uh, uh, we know, what's going on in the NBA streets. You know, we right. got to start there. Right. Got to start there. And, man, who would have predicted Ooh. this? Like, who had this on their bingo card? That's all I'm going to say. If who you had, say you did, you a liar. You a liar. You a liar. <laughs> you a liar. <laughs> you, sir, are a liar. You're right. And because of that... We do not want you to pass go. And because of that statement, you're we're more dumber than we were before. You did not have this on your bingo card you at did all. Not. You did not. not. Unless not. you're a Nuggets fan. The only person I'll give credit for is a Nuggets fan. If you're a yes. Nuggets fan, kudos. But nobody had kudos. making it. Nobody had the Nuggets making it. But we are here. We yeah. are here, man. So we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs in its entirety. The conference finals are all wrapped up. It, it, it came to a summer conclusion last night 
with the Miami Heat outlasting the uh, Celtics, although they made it interesting, (laughs) to say the least. They made it interesting, you know, to the point where we thought we almost had history on our hands because no team in the history of the NBA has ever come back from down for 3-0. And he was riding comfortable, you know, 3-0, stole two in the building of Boston, and it was like, you know, we're just going to coast this thing, close it out, and, you know, go – Look our wounds and get ready for the for the whoever gonna be in the Western Conference, uh, yep. you know, champion. But you know, the, the true heat fashion, they they never can do things the easy way. <laughs> they no. never can do no. things the easy way. They, they so, gotta uh, take the hard road. Gotta have they gotta take the hard road. So uh, yeah. let's break down the conference finals. Let's talk about mm-hmm. let's talk about these conference finals first and foremost. Like I said, the Heat outlasted the Celtics four games to three. Uh, like I said, the Heat took the first two games, you know, 123 to 116, 111 yeah. to 105, you yeah. know, and then um, then the game three was the real, that's, that's really what I thought it was over. Yeah. <laughs> 103 to 102 in game three, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is done. This is done. Like, yeah. And, you know, if you saw what I saw, the Heat, like, just, just snatched the soul out of something, it seemed like in game three. Like, yeah. they pretty much came to the point where they were defeated. They looked like they was ready, you know, you know, bring it in one, two, three, Cancun, and let's get on out of here. Mm-hmm. It was wild. It was wild mm-hmm. to say the least. But um, somehow or another, you know, the Celtics brought it back. You know, three games in a row: one sixteen to one ninety nine, one ten yeah. to ninety seven. Then yeah. the game six mode, we both was in the chat looking at each other like, "What just happened?" Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Celtics with this game six. The Celtics were up. Uh, I want to say ten with four minutes to go. The Celtics mm-hmm. brought brought it all the way. The Heat, the Celtics led the Heat back into the game. He brought it all the way back, and they ended up going up one with like one point mm-hmm. three seconds to go. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you had told me that you know they won't go wrap it up then and there in Miami, I, I told you it was a fool. But uh, uh, somehow a ceremony is put back by Derek White, extended a, yet another game. Yeah, and then yeah, we get got the a game, lifeline. Then we get to Game Seven. Yeah, appreciate you, DZ. Appreciate you, my guy. Appreciate you coming through, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for all the shout-outs out and well wishes, man. Appreciate you. And for people that are just jumping on, remember, this is fan appreciation stream. So if you would like to come on, share your opinion uh, for about five minutes, let us know in the chat. Coach will send you – he'll send you the link. He's feeling generous uh, on his on his born day. So this is your opportunity uh, to share in the conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, so we get to game seven and mm-hmm. and and game seven's always weird. They are you know, and they're always weird because you never really know what you're gonna get. Uh, you know, they were in Boston, so you would yeah. think the it would the the odds would favor Boston, especially since they won three in a row, even in yeah. miracle fashion. Yeah. But it was not to be. So it was not. you know, as you I'm gonna let you roll up your give me your roll-up synopsis of the series, and then you can end it with your game seven breakdown. So I will say this, I will start backwards. I really thought the Heat were going to lose, not because I didn't think the Heat were capable. Mm-hmm. I believe that with such an emotional situation in game six, kudos to the Heat because those are emotional depleting type of games yeah. uh, in game six. If anyone doesn't know, uh, uh, Marcus Smart came off a screen, caught a turnaround jumper, shot it. The uh, inbounds passer who was white came out of bounds, 
tracked the basketball and tipped it back in with under 0.5 seconds to go. And so, no, 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 no. Check the receipts. Check the receipts. Because if you if you paid attention early on in the playoffs, I said Miami was one of the most dangerous teams that people wanted to see. And I was very nervous for anyone having to play Miami. I was going off the emotions of when you see games like that, it can be very hard to come back and play again emotionally because you're you're in a place where you're like, okay, all we have to do is defend. They have under three seconds. You see the basket go, the the, the basket go, the, the ball go in the basket, it bounces out. No one is thinking. And I watched that play five to six times because I really was looking like who didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a someone didn't do their job situation because what they did, they did not worry about the inbounds passer. The defender who would normally cover the inbounds passer turned his back and they were doing a double team on Tatum. Anybody else is like, hey, Tatum and Brown, anyone else that catches it, okay. When uh, Smart caught it, White, the great thing is a hustle play, which White has been doing. He hustled. He didn't give up on the play, and he tipped it back in. So my synopsis coming up to this, game three is really, really to me, the telling game of it all. Well, first off, game one, you're in Boston. You let them steal not just one, but two games in Boston. But game three is really, to me, the game that hurt Boston overall. Because that's the game where you now down 2-0, you want to get the momentum back. And not only did they get beat, they got shellacked by 26 they definitely, right. got, they definitely got that smoke given to them. They got shellacked in that game. And when we look, that game hurt them the most. That was a game, and I agree with you, that we both thought, listen, pack it up. Boston's going home. The series is over because of how they looked when they showed up. They looked defeated. Mm-hmm. They looked out of it. They looked like they had folded like an old lawn chair. Uh, and so I thought the game was over. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler, Hemi Buckets was playoff Jimmy, right? Uh, Martin, who is a, if no one knows the story of Martin, you please, 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 if you're a sports fan that loves a feel-good story, go check out, I think his first name is Caleb Martin's it is Caleb, yep. story. Yep. His story. It is absolutely what dreams are made of. Mind you, Oladipo is out who was coming into his own. And the second score for the team, Hero, is out. And he was, that's 20 points. And since then, uh, the Heat have been just, hey, uh, legend killers. If you watch, if you like, if you watch wrestling, they, they're the Randy Orton of Basketball I like that. Right I like now. that. I like that. I <laughs> There's like a young that. Randy Orton of basketball because Randy Orton was known as a legend killer early, early in his career, and that's what Boston has had to do. They've come through the gauntlet. Um, Eric Spolstra 
is making his way into top five coach of all time Listen, with the X's man. and O's. Um, I really believe the mentoring that he's received from Pat Riley yes. is paying off dividends. Uh, Miami is one of those teams. They don't make splashy picks. They pick the right players for their team. What we saw in game one through three was great basketball X's and O's. There was, to me, the freedom from the Celtics of what do we have to lose, right? And they, that's what showed up games four through six. But Jimmy kept saying, look, we good. We good. Now, did I feel like Jimmy didn't show up sometimes? I thought he played a little off his game. He didn't attack as much, right? Uh, statistics show that he was giving – he was looking to pass more than attack when he got into the lane. And so that did scare me. And then with the emotional part, I got nervous. But the thing about the the heat that I saw, again, games one through three was marvelous, marvelous X's and O's. And the ability to switch and go to a zone and say, we're going to let you die, live and die with outside shots, but what we're not going to do is let you get into the lane and get easy, uncontested buckets. If you kill us with the three and you kill us with outside shots, cool beans. But what you're not going to do is get into the heart of our defense mm -hmm. and take us out. So it's marvelous X's and O's. that We can go into it all night. But what I saw from Spolstra and, the, and his mind, his ability – to switch uh, and and analyze and go to a defense that, to me, knowing that this team has been playing a lot of basketball, meaning Boston, uh, they've had to do a lot. He bet on they won't have legs under them to keep doing what they're doing. And that showed in Game 7. Uh, and so, listen – we can talk about game seven, too, but that's my synopsis of game one through six. Game three was a game changer uh, to me because, again, you got beat by 26. You did. I don't even know if you showed up. I think you got off the bus. You came in on the first quarter, and then you left AI chatbots there to play for you, and everybody else got back on and went back, uh, went home and let the, the AI uh, play for them because mm -hmm. that was that was horrible what I saw. It, they, it was so bad that Udonis Haslam almost got in the game. Almost. They was calling his <laughs> name, wasn't they? Yes, yes, they, they were. They calling for him. They calling for Yes, they were. Yes, they were. But, yeah, man, uh, great series. Again, had us on pins and needles. Uh, mm. and, and, man, I'm like you. I hate game sevens because you don't have to be the best team. You just have to be the best team that night. That's it's what I'm saying. That's, like, that's that March Madness stuff, man. I can't. That's, you know, that's so yeah. much anxiety for me. Like yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have to be the, the the most handsome guy in the club. You just have to be the right guy in the club. You can go right. home lucky with the, yeah. with the right amount of drinks ready. Listen, <laughs> and you yeah, can go listen. home with her. You can go home with her, right? Uh, After three pumps, it counts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you say. You can't deny it. After three, <laughs> after three pumps, I did it. So <laughs> you can't tell me that I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I didn't accomplish my goal. I got. I got three pumps. Three pumps minimum. 
Yeah, oh. I ain't never sleep with him. You a lie. You a lie. Did I get, get three pumps on? He got three pumps on. It's like it's like the Hingle McCrickenberry joint. Three pumps is it? That's right. That's right. If you got the, if you got the Hingle, we're gonna call it the Hingle McCrickenberry from now on. If if you give it a Hingle McCrickenberry, you, 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 you can count. claim it. You can claim it. You can't say, you can't say I ain't never done it in public. Yes, I did. If you, if you gave Halle Berry the Hingle McCrickenberry, it counts. I was in it. I was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> that yeah. That's a minute Woo. 11 right there. That's, That's a minute. It. Hey, listen. Like, it ain't nothing but three pumps. Count if you ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, Jack, I, I, I definitely, we definitely got high hopes for your boys, man. Uh, we definitely got high hopes for your kings, man. Mike yeah. Brown is doing a job, you know, because listen, shout out to Mike Brown. Shout out to Eric Spolster, man. Two guys that are very underrated. From yep. a coaching perspective, and they definitely uh, uh, have uh, the, the eyes of the league now, for yes, sure. Yes, yes. And I think that we're going to see, you know, that they're going to get into that, you know, upper echelon <laughs> of you know top end coaches, yes, you know, in, in the next couple of years, especially with the talent that they have, what they've been doing. I mean, Eric's supposed to be overachieving. Mike Brown took that Kings team in one year, took them yeah. all the way through into the playoffs like it was nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely got high hopes for your boys, man. We definitely looking to see promising things out of them. And we like the, yeah. we like the kids y'all have. I mean, it just, just be honest. You know, yeah. I've always been a De'Aaron Fox fan. I watched the Lakers had a draft in them, but y'all got them. Yep. You know, I, I still, to this day, I still say, <laughs> I, I give Coach the blues <laughs> to this day. What did DeAndre go out to say? Said, to this day. day. <laughs> to this day, you the draft them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah the, high hopes for them, man, but sure. Yeah. You know, so definitely give kudos to both of those guys. But man, overall, like this series, man, it was it was definitely uh, up and down. You know, <laughs> bipolar series. You know, no disrespect. <laughs> it was it was this one of those had schizophrenia. It did. It, it, was, it was so up and down. It was so up and down. Yeah. I agree with you, Brown. 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 Who got coach one coach of the year this year? Now that I think about it. Uh, he should have been if he was. He yeah, wasn't was, coach of the year. Hmm. Who was the coach of the year? Give me, give me a look that up for me, Kurt. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said the, the series is all been down. Like I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect the Heat to steal both games in in Boston. That start, that start there. Didn't expect that. Yeah. But um, no, when he did, he was, he was supposed yeah, to. Okay. No. Okay. All right. Good. Perfect. That was that's who it should have been. That's who it should have been. I, I definitely he's, agree with that. Yeah, he was a he was a coach for 2022-2023. That's so right. That wouldn't have been him. Would that uh, be him? That's it. That's it. That's this year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it was Mike Brown. All right. Go. 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 All right. So yeah, <clears throat> like I said, I just want expecting, you know, the Heat to do what they did in the first three games. I really want expecting that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I would, I would, I would have called seven, but I wouldn't call seven in this manner. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I would say that you know you probably wouldn't went two, two. You know, then you'd have probably had Miami still one, and they still won, and we go to Game Seven back in Boston. I, if I had yeah. to pick it, that's what I would say. How the seven games would have played out, but it didn't play out yeah. that way. It went three, then three, and then one. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But um, 
you know, and I want to steal the thunder for my next segment because we're going to talk about exactly what went wrong for the losers. You know, I want to call them losers. That's, that sounds disrespectful, but <laughs> you know, I don't, the people that, that, that got eliminated from the playoffs. You're a loser. <laughs> you suck. Loser. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, so we're going to talk about that and what went wrong, you know, because I mean, again, you know, I've, I've had high praise and high marks for. The Celtics, namely Jason Tatum. You know, that's my guy. You know, he's yeah. a, he's the president of the Young Gun Academy. So True. I would definitely, although I think Jamal Murray is fighting him for that right now. Yes. Um, you know, but I definitely believe that, um, you know, they were going to give them, you know, it's going to be a tough out. I mean, they were the two C versus A seed. I mean, just, just Vegas at alone had the Celtics, you know, was, was a, was, it was a ridiculous amount of money in their favor as far as them winning the series, you know, but. The biggest problem, and I guess, you know, overall is that the fact that they are, you know, from a Southern perspective, they are feast of famine when it comes to their offense, yeah. you yeah. know, and we saw that, like they were famine in the first three games. They were feasting the last, in the middle three in the last game, they were famine again. And then that was ultimately their downfall. You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine at work today and he was, I was telling him that, you know, the issue with, uh, with this team and how they kind of pivoted, right. Is right. that you know they were a really defensively minded team last year, and they kind mm-hmm. of kind of pivoted to a more offensive driven team and a mindset with a coaching change. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and I felt I felt like Michael Brockman was going to be the key to kind of put them over the top, right, and take them over the hump, get them past the you know to get get them to the upper echelon, get them to the title because they were in the fell short last year. Right. But you know, it's almost like they forgot the defensive aspect of you know basketball and what what the calling card was and what they were what they were known for. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, you know, that that goes down to philosophy and mindset. You know, it's kind of like football where you have teams that have defensive head coaches, right? You know, mm-hmm. and it's, they have, you know, really, really typically, you know, when, you know, I'm going to talk about the charges, you know, that whole situation. <laughs> but typically, you know, you're really tough defensively and you have a sputtering offense. You know, it's not, it's right. not world beating. Right. <laughs> but if you have also minded head coach like Andy Reid, you know, you, you putting up, you know, people are, playing you different because you definitely are going to give them 20 to 30 points a game given there's nothing right. you can do about it. Right. So, uh, so that's, that's one of those things where you have to honestly and truly believe that, you know, you could lean into your philosophy and not falter, but you right. know, but, and I like, but that's, this is the thing of what I, what I like Golden state did in they runs, you know, they had a awesome amount of head coach, but they had a defensive staff. They had Mike Brown. Right. Mike Brown right. is straight defense. So he kind of kept that defensive element in house along with, idea that they want to be really tough offensively so if you have that balance there that you can win games you can win title, titles multiple titles in in uh in the sports place but the subjects you know they went from they went completely utterly you know defensive minded last year and they were really good however they were not really good uh you know offensively they had laws there and they went heavy offense this year you know you got two all nba guys and jalen brown and jason tatum but right. you you had you lost you lost the ideology of defense and I and I can tell you when I, I knew they lost it they lost it from this particular perspective when they start playing Robert Williams in large minutes mm. Robert Williams is your defensive guy he's your stopper like he's your he's your yeah. rim protector he's your defensive stopper he's going to guard their best big every night and right. he's going to do it well right. they start playing him big minutes I said oh yeah they definitely don't they don't care that's you know as most as much as about defense <laughs> when Emi was there so right. I think that ultimately that's you know it came down to coaching and philosophy. Was also be lost to something as a series. So, and then, like I said, game seven was just game seven. And it was definitely uh, in the favor of, my, of Miami. And I just, I just love the fact that he just went to Boston 
you know, three separate times and and then didn't care. It was almost like there was a home game for them. And they play like it. Too you know, listen, you can have rat piss on cotton last night when they beat when they beat them and they sent the Boston fans home early. Yeah. Listen, that arena was yeah. quiet when they got their, their trophy last night. Quiet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. You heard a mosquito fart. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Cab, what's happening, good buddy? Appreciate you, man. He yeah. said the Southern Star is still young. Butler and he incredible performances, more grit and maturity than the seas. I agree with that. I agree. Definitely have more grit and more and more and more toughness. But we're gonna talk about this in a minute, Cab, because I'm curious about this whole Celtics dynamic and what, they, what what's mm. what's in the midst for them. Because you got two mm. guys up for a supermax deal, and you can't pay everybody. No, you <laughs> so can't. We, we're gonna talk about it in a minute. But you know, kudos to the Miami Heat for getting through that series, and we're definitely uh, you know looking forward to them facing the different nugs in the in the finals. Yeah. Let's move on to the Western Conference. Let's talk about that real quick. And uh, it wasn't much to talk about, obviously, because it was four games. Know. You know, it must know. Have, much, much to our chagrin, at least my mind, because being a Lakers fan. Yeah. So, um, you know, what more can you say? You know, shout out to Jay-Z. What more can you say? But, you know, just too much Jokic, too much Jamal Murray. And it's one of those things in the series. The headline for me was chance favors to prepare mind. Right? You know, when you play with skills, good luck will happen. Yeah. Right. Because you can't sit here and tell me in the close games, the Lakers had, you know, pretty much every game in, in a sense, you know, you didn't have certain shots and certain uh, <laughs> things happen in a game where you just been like, you just shake your head to the point where you're like, I, I can't, I can't understand how you did that. How you pulled it off. You know, you know, Jokic had a couple of miraculous fall away threes. When you didn't think a man that was six ten, six eleven, 6'11", you, know, you know, can pull those things off. You know, right. Jamal Murray going, you know, in Fuego in the fourth quarter of certain yeah. games where he had he shot like seven for 19 for the game prior to that. Right. It, it was just wild, man. It was just wild. Yes. So, uh, yes. you know, so, I mean, overall, this is this whole dynamic in this game. You know, it's I think the first game was, you know, it was pretty much all nuggets. And then Lakers brought it back at the end. and had a chance to win it. Um, right. It came down to free throws. Um, which which still should, should have been encouraging. I mean, we playing, you know, we playing in the high altitude of Denver. It right. it was um like I said, it was a 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 blitzing, you know, of of yeah. what the Nuggets gave us in the first uh three quarters of that game. And then uh we made some adjustments, kind of figured some things out and kind of limited Jokic and got back in the game, but ultimately, you know, couldn't hit shots down the stretch. Right. But overall, you know, we had had opportunity to steal that game, couldn't. Um game two. Psh- had definitely had that was winning that game the entire game was winning that game and allowed them to come back and let Jamal Murray get hot in that fourth quarter when he yeah. didn't shoot well at all for the game and he stole that one. Uh, I can't even explain game three to you because it's, it's 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 painful. It's almost like this is giving giving me PTSD all over again, you know. But overall, that game. Um, uh, yeah, it was just it was just a rough game. It was just a rough game. Yeah. I think that LeBron didn't play particularly well um, in the first half. AD kind of hit AD. or miss and a hit or miss, <laughs> and you know it's it just it just they just wouldn't you know it just you they just picked you just picked the person and they just kept trading off like when Jamal stopped hitting, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr. started hitting when Smart yep. Porter wasn't hitting. KCP was hitting, and then Jokic was yep. hitting all game. You know, because I found it funny that in the first three games of the series, they limited Jokic in the fourth quarter, but that's when everybody else ramped up. That's where everybody else stepped up and allowed for them to 
stay in the, either stay in the game or take the lead because they were scoring um, and they weren't getting it from their primary guy, Jokic. So mm-hmm. and again, you just you just you stop you stop one leak, another one pops up. You know, you stop yeah. that leak, another one pops up. So no matter what, they just had the right right. They were it was like light in the bottle. They just had the right thing going in the right time, and they could they could lean on their their big four guys. Like I said, even Aaron Gordon in the in the closeout game, he had a good game. He hadn't played yeah. well all series offensively. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it was just rough, man. You know, and then like I said, LeBron emptied the tank in the first half and for four and game four in the first half, and yeah. uh, to get thirty one in the in the first half, and he just he just couldn't sustain it, and he knows that, yeah. and he knows that. So, and that's when you needed guys. This is what the Nuggets did when you need your other guys to step up and, and be big. They weren't, and that yeah. was ultimately the series for me. But what was your take on on the series from uh from from your perspective? Uh, that the Lakers allowed the momentum moments to slip out their fingers, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was a couple games there. Uh, one we kind of gave away, right? First game, altitude, getting used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with game two, and that's where I was saying they allowed some moments to slip through their fingers that they really, really um, – Want, should have took advantage of and definitely with game two uh, and game four. I say those moments because game two was theirs for the winning. They had made the adjustment in the fourth quarter of game one. Mm-hmm. And so when they came back, even though, even though uh, the coach for the Nuggets said, Hey, we've seen everything thrown at us, you know, we're good. Uh, they disrupted Joker in game two, which was their opportunity. And they let it slip through their their fingers. Now, when I looked at it, uh, I was really working to figure out, did they they use all their magic against Golden State? Because when they played Golden State, there were times when they couldn't miss. Yeah. And it was at home. Yeah. And they couldn't miss. Yeah. Uh, D- uh, D'Angelo was on fire. I'm glad uh, you brought that name up. I'm glad you brought that name up. <laughs> D'Angelo was on fire. Um, Achamore, what's the name? Roy Achamore. Achamore, mm-hmm. he showed, he did a Michael Porter, right? When, mm-hmm. when someone else wasn't as hot, he stepped up and gave you quality points and minutes. Um, and that just didn't happen. And so <clears throat> some of it, I'm wondering, is it first time in playoffs for the role players? Is it that first time in playoffs pressure situation where another year of experience allows them to step into the moment mm-hmm. and understand how to work through it? You know, this team was what, if uh, help me out, this team was really put together after All Star break. Yeah, the trade deadline. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right, right they, at the All Star break, right, literally right at it. Yeah. So, we, we got to remember they, in the, in the span of basketball calendar, mm-hmm. they really played together that long. Right. Uh, but again, game two and game four to me were deciding games because to, especially game two, but game four, like you said, uh, 
Listen, man. When you're supposed to be one of the top five big men and possibly players in the league when you're healthy, mm-hmm. and I get it. No one's healthy at this. No one's 100% healthy outside of Joker because he – listen, when you don't – when you can't jump over a piece of paper laying on the ground, you don't really have to worry about a whole lot of wear and tear. You don't because uh, you ain't get a whole lot of pressure and and, and, and compacting on your joints because you ain't jumping nowhere. Right, right. But he, he does so many other things, again, uh, to deviate a little bit off this. Watching Joker on prime time – he brought me over to where you were in his game. He has a very high basketball IQ. He makes the most right pass in the moment. Uh, he's a walking triple-double. He's hard to defend because he plays old-school basketball. He puts a shoulder in your chest, right? He can play you off the dribble. That one shot he hit against AD, the three-pointer, he did it twice in the series. That's what I'm saying. You can't can't do anything about that. Even AD looked at him like, what am I supposed to do? Exactly, exactly. But he just makes great passes. He he knows how to circumvent your defense. He puts people in great positions around him. Murray was playing lights out. But Mm -hmm. game four, the reason why I'm saying is game four, and we talked about this in the chat, when your dog, i.e. LeBron, gives Mm -hmm. you 31 – and you are around him, and you know that his tank is empty, take Mm -hmm. the pressure off of him and step up. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. You step up and say, hey, LeBron, you got us to the finish. You got us here in the first half. I'm going to step up now in the second half. Mm-hmm. And, and and take the and take the the baton from you and carry on, and that didn't happen. LeBron had 31 first half, nine second half. Uh, I de- I definitely say because of his foot issue, he gave you all he could. He did right. He fought through it. He got you in the game, kept you in the game. But then that's where other people have to step up and help LeBron, and that didn't happen. And so they followed the juggernaut. Uh, Murray on fire, couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. Joker, couldn't miss. Then you have Gordon, I think, dropped 19. And he was being a great defender. That's, that's what's really thing. crazy. Yeah. He was being a great defender. And but that's, what, he was, that's what he's there for, though. That's that's his bag. That's what he does for them. Exactly. And so they stepped up, and they was, they was a hard – they was a hard-fought team. They used the underdog role well. They used the you doubt us. And I love the mindset of, nope, this is still LeBron. We do not want to give them any chance. Mm-hmm. We want to smoke them out. And so, to me, they remind me of Hydra from Marvel. When you cut off one head, three more pop up. And every hey. time you thought you had Joker, then here comes Murray. Here comes Porter. That's another great here analogy, man. Murray. Listen, yeah. <laughs> put some water on that man because he on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's my thoughts. And and man, this is going to be a you know if we when we get to it, this is this is man. I don't these finals. It's not the finals that people want it, but I think for basketball, it's the perfect final for us to see some great basketball. Right. And, and there's one note about Joker. I said this. We said this. I want to say around January, February time frame. Yeah. You know, how do you have better numbers? Your team does better in 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 this season, and <laughs> better than the prior two years. You won MVP back to back, 
and he's not, you know, the odds are favored to win it. You know, and I get the narrative. I get the narrative, and I get why you don't, you know, because it's it, it cringe. It makes right sports writers and voters cringe, right? Because you, if you give this man three MVPs in a row, he's in rare air. I mean, we're talking about. I don't think Michael Jordan has done it. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's done it since Larry Bird in the eighties. Yep. So yep. if you're going to put him in that conversation right now, and people still had their doubts at the moment about him yep. until this playoff run. They they were like, well, we don't know. We'll give them beat. He had, you know, he's more flashy. He has he's had more dominant moments. You know, his he has a sexier game. Let's just be real about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. gave it to him in that in that regard. But so I think who I don't know if it was Stephen A. Somebody said something about Embiid and what he should do. He said he should get in a car, drive to Denver, and hand deliver that MVP trophy to Jokic because he didn't deserve. It. <laughs> hey, 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 man, that's what it seems like because that's now that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely you know again, Jokic is proving his metal. He's yes. proving his metal, and we've been I've been saying it all along. We we did a we did a I think we did a month long expose on the MVP race and how, like I said, Jokic's numbers wasn't 30, 10 and ten, but they were twenty five, ten and ten. You yeah. know where where Giannis and and and, and B were averaging thirty plus and ten rebounds. You know five assists. So yeah. it's. You know, it's one of those things, man. Again, they were the number one seed all year, and nobody, everybody called them the fake one, the fake one seed. Yeah. Well, and they're right there in the NBA finals where they belong at, man. So, hey, uh-huh. kudos to them. Kudos to them. So, man, it's going to be an interesting series. They're telling it's, everybody else, you're a liar. Exactly. You're exactly. a liar. We are the number one seed. Exactly. So, yeah. And and they're going to take that underdog mentality right into the finals, and they're going to, they're going to, until they raise that trophy. They, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna keep that chip on their shoulder, and I'm with him, man. I'm with it, mm-hmm. you know, because nothing mm-hmm. else to me. Hell, as a Lakers fan, like you, if you got to lose, you want to lose to the champ. Lose to the champion. Lose to the champ. We can say yep. you know we at least we lost to the champ. We can say that. We yep. can say that. So yeah, we'll we'll see how things play out, man. But we'll give give our NBA uh, finals preview in a moment. But let's jump into our next segment. Let's talk about where did they go wrong? I mean, speaking <laughs> of the Lakers, where did they go wrong? So. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, you know, we're not going to you know, elongate this particular perspective because we kind of touched on it already. But, you know, for me, the Lakers, you know, and it's, it's to, the, to your point we alluded to earlier about how when LeBron was, you know, I mean, the man, I mean, he might be superhuman, but the man still is 38 years old. I mean, he can't, yes. he can't give you the 28, you know, Herculean effort, you know, that he could give you when he was 28. He can't give it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, he has, he has his moments, he has his spots where he can give you 20, 30, 40, 50 points in certain regards. But again, and he was playing on a bad, bad foot and two bad ankles. Yep. So, you know, so the guy behind him in this picture, as you can see, he should have been the main focal point, you know, especially with him being uh, challenged by Jokic at every, in every possession. He yep. should have been the guy that, that, that really made it about him in this series. Yep. And the fact that the coaching staff did not, and this is the this is the part that, that pisses me off about what happened in this series. And I didn't speak on it heavy until now, but I'm gonna speak on it. Mm-hmm. So after game one, when they just figured out how Rui Hashimura was a better matchup for yeah. Jokic on ball, and they would let AD roam, and that was a better matchup defensively for us. Yeah, they they was considering and discussing the idea of moving D'Angelo Russell out of the starting lineup, right? But he made it known to either the coaching staff or Phil Handy, the assistant, somebody got a strong rumor that he would basically check out of the series if he wasn't starting. Uh, I don't see the difference. He checked out to me regardless. Both, and, and, that's, and that's my whole point, because if you're basically saying that I'm going to be useless to you if I don't start, you're handicapping the team. 
Yes. You know, and it's and it's you know, it's it's one of those things, each series is different. Styles make fights, right? So yeah. you looking at it from a perspective that, you know, okay, he can start this series, you start this series. You, you know, it all depends on who we're facing, how we match up and how we line up against them, because every team is different, right? And we're fighting through a seven-game series, the first of four. So if you just happen to be the guy that, that doesn't match up well and doesn't play well in this lineup against this team, then you got to be able to put the team first and say that you're going to be a team player and say, I'm going to give you what I can give you when I can give it to you. You know, if I got to come on the bench, I got to come on the bench. If I got to, if I can start, I got to start. If I got to guard the best guy, I got to guard the best guy. It should be about the team, not you. You know, and this Lowry, he and this goes off the bench. Exactly, exactly. But see, the difference Kyle Lowry's a little bit older than DeAndre yeah. Russell is, and I think this is the issue with DeAndre Russell all along. Is why he got traded from the Lakers in the beginning. It's, yeah. it's, it's his, his mindset, his maturity level. It hasn't changed yeah. that much. It's all about him. So that literally handicapped the lineup. So for the first five to six, seven minutes, every game he was in, in the game and he wasn't effective. He wasn't guarding anybody. He wasn't playing any defense. He wasn't hitting no shots. No. So you're basically, you know, waiting for the idea of putting a Rui Hachimura in the game who was scoring and defending well, you know, so you're waiting on that. So that allows Boston, not Boston, but Denver to gain momentum each game. So if they jumped out to a lead. It was it was basically the, the plus minus of the time that DeAndre Russell was on the floor. Period. So that particular aspect of it killed me. I'm just like, listen, it's about the playoffs. We, we're one series away from getting to the finals. Yeah when, yeah, when nobody had us going there, if yeah. he got to sit, he got to sit. You know, yeah. so that goes to my point. He shouldn't be back after the season. He just shouldn't because we can't have that kind of stuff in the locker room. Do you want to put yourself before the team? Right. So right. That, that's that's my biggest problem. You know, the fact that he was going to basically make it to the point where he was going to be about him, one about the team, one about winning. It was about my minutes, my starting, and the fact that he shot an abysmal percentage from three the entire oh. series, had a plus minus of like negative 30. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's insanity to me. It's insanity to me. And the fact that Darvin Ham had to deal with that at a crucial time in the season was, yeah. was again was 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 the most you know damaging part and the fact like again ad comes and goes like the win he comes in blows give you 40 and 10 then next thing you know he gives you 10 and 16 rebounds yeah. you know it, it's 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 it, you can't have that level of inconsistency from that guy i mean when you're no. just giving you a triple double every night this is not the game where you get so caught up in about being about you that you don't realize that uh if we win Mm -hmm. All of that goes out the window. I don't care about what I have to do, and I don't mm -hmm. care about if I'm not starting, I can't, you know, I can't give you my best. Mm -hmm. It's like, look, man, that title is going to look good on my finger. So what, what has to happen? I get the pride of, hey, I want to be a part of the solution, mm -hmm. but if you are one of the problems, come off the bench. I'm come saying. off the bench. And what it was so damaging about coming off the bench because the same problem Russell Westbrook had and when he was here for a moment, he just they did just it just mellow too. They just had issues with coming off the bench as if you're going to be a different player coming off the bench. It makes some sense. You are who you are. It doesn't matter whether right. you come off the bench or you starting. It doesn't matter. You know, and it might actually be better for you because when yeah. you're coming off the bench, you're going to probably come in at the time when the when other the team unit is in, and now you can cook. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, and then when Russell was, although you know, again, I wasn't a fan of his being on the Lakers, but even but when he came into that six man role, he flourished. Yep. Again, he was going against the second unit. He was averaging a double double in reserve minutes. 
So, I mean, sometimes you got to check your pride at the door, man. That may it goes is a, is a horrible thing a lot of times, and it doesn't. It, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. So, you know. So, what do you you have anything to add as far as what we're on the Lakers before we move on to the Celtics? Just that, right? Uh, I can understand Ham being in a position is like, hey, do I tinker with this and what happens? But you know, go down, go on, go out on your shield, right? That's what I'm like, saying. hey, listen. I'm going to make this call. This is best for the team. And we're going to see what happens because I know what's happening with this current lineup. Right. I'm going to do this switch and and see what happens outside of that. So, uh, again, man, like you said, it, it hurts me to see because I saw LeBron. And, again, two bad ankles. Uh, clearly a foot issue. Mm. You know, we didn't see any rundown blocks. I clearly saw LeBron being more outside game focused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he picked his spots and spurts to to drive and bully his way into the lane. But you could clearly tell this wasn't the, the normal LeBron. And to me, again, AD, when you're supposed to be top five, you can't come down with the Harden syndrome where in the moments – you show flashes, but then when really when it's like we need you, step up for us. Mm-hmm. You fade to black, and it's like I don't under I don't understand that, and especially and also when you're being called to the carpet, mm-hmm. you're being called to the grass, and you got this player who two time MVP mm-hmm. could have should have been the third. Yep, is basically showing up and and challenging you. Calling, he's pulling your man card right now, mm-hmm. and you fade away. You, you, you disappear. It's it's like, man, what are we doing? And I, I just don't understand it. I'm interested to see what they do with the cap because mm-hmm. there's no way you keep LeBron, AD, and having to pay D'Angelo Russell. Russell, oh, I, listen, I'm on the, well, I, I'm on the train that we do not play D'Angelo Russell any kind of money. You let him go to free agency, do what he want to do. You do not bring him back. We need a different yeah. point guard. Like especially yeah, with Austin Rui, Reeves being, you know, prime time box office in the playoffs, he no fear. You know, he I'm built for the moment, and I'm 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 here to stay. Rui Hachimura being dominant, and it's that first. Both of them was at both first playoff runs. Delos had playoff runs before with different yeah. teams, so you get what you get from him. He's gonna be inconsistent, but with yeah. Rui and, and and Austin showed up when they first time out. So I would bank yeah. on that and pay that before I pay the other Russell. I like buttermilk. I think buttermilk should be the starting guard. Uh, you, you, you just gonna have to read buttermilk. <laughs> I did. I called Reed's buttermilk. <laughs> oh my god! Listen, I'm about to be with. I'm about to be with P. Jones. I'm about to send you to the door. Buttermilk. Leave that. Hey, listen. All right, listen. Leave my man alone. Okay? I love his game. He I listen. love his game. I love his three point celebration shot. Right. Mm. I think he's a hell of a player. Again, he to me is a Martin. Hell of a story. Mm. You read his story. Right. Read undrafted. Yep. Undrafted. Mm. You know, it, it's amazing to me. These are the these are the the players that you can really, if we were talking about branding and marketing, you mm-hmm. can really brand and market a guy like Martin and a guy like Reeves because grit, determination, belief, confidence, working, mm. nothing ever given to you. Blue collar. Yeah. I like buttermilk. 
Leave my man alone. Okay, we're not that, we're not gonna let that we're not gonna make that a thing. Okay, that's I can't not, that pass. No, 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 no we're that. not gonna let no, we're no. not we're not gonna let that let that get us to the atmosphere the strategy. We're banning that one. That's, that's, <laughs> leave that man alone. Light assassin? No. Yeah, that's better than the first one. I just I, I can't even say it. I just I this feels wrong to me. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I like Jack oh, Thompson about AB playing better than LeBron because you look at the stretches he played with LeBron being hurt. He definitely had more consistent games. Right. Um, it comes down to his play. Uh, I don't know what that is or what that's about. But you know, I guess if he got to be the the focal point, you know, he's had some stinkers too. But he, if, if, if you strung together the amount of games he was really dominant, it was way more. Uh, I guess you can say consistent than it was when LeBron was on the floor with him. So I don't know what the issue is, yeah. but they made it work in the, in the bubble. But I don't know. Ever since then, it just, they've had a highs and lows. It's kind of like he he just gets uh, I guess he gets kind of gets uh, blinded by Bron's shadow. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And it's I always, think like, at, going back to Jack's comment, I think hmm. Anthony Edwards does take over. Uh, I don't think Anthony Edwards shies away from dominating the game. I think well, he I just think he has that same problem Jason Tatum has. He just goes cold on you. So yeah, he he, he yeah. wants to be he wants to do it. He just sometimes he just can't. Yep. He just yep. can't. Appreciate you, BC, man. Appreciate you coming through, buddy. Appreciate the shout outs, man. Everybody's doing Brian. everybody doing good. Everybody doing good, man. Everybody doing good. So yeah. So let's forward over to the Southern real quick as we uh, wrap up this segment here. Um, mm-hmm. where did they go wrong? And I and I think it's plain and simple. I think we got a little to it already for me. I just think that they shoot way too many threes when they're not hitting them. That's yep. problem one. Yep. Um, you know, and they refuse to pivot their game. You know, they was going to live and die by the three-point line. And I think if you look at each, each game that they won or lost, they typically shot either really well or really bad from three. And and that yeah. red is ugly head in this last game. And it just and I just it's like you're banging your head against the wall. Like, why if we're not hitting them, drive the basketball, post up. You do other things that's going to allow you to be able to keep the get basketball game close and you allow you to score points. Derek yes. White, only one person that got that memo. He was the only yep. one driving in that game trying to get points in the paint. Everybody else was just roaming on the perimeter. Now, granted, Jason Tatum was hurt. He got hurt on the first play of the game. He yep. ankle wasn't right. So I get that. You know, I think that he caught a break with that. But if he's if he's if he's not able to give you what he normally gives you. Again, to your point earlier, somebody else got to step up. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Brogdon, you know, somebody got to step up and, and pick up the slack, and they just got, they just got blitzed, and they yeah. just couldn't do nothing about it. And all they, again, all they did, it's almost like when the chips are down, when the pressure's on, we're just going to resort to the three and live and die by it. And yep. I think that was their biggest problem. Yep. You know, and you could you could look you can give give them the whole is it the coach thing? You know, the coach should have you know tried to you know call up different plays and get them you know you know convinced that they need to you know drive the basketball, get fouled, or you know get into the paint, get some easy two point baskets because that's what you know. I mean, yeah, if he was shooting better from three, but they were getting way more points in the paint than the Celtics ever were in the series. Yeah. So again, they they knew and they understood that. And so I guess you know if I, I guess if you put two and two together, they are better coach because guess what. The Spolster knew that okay, we need to get in the paint, we need to get close to the basket, especially with Robert Williams not being on the floor like he should have been. Get in the paint, get easy baskets, and get two point baskets. So when they're missing threes, we're hitting twos, the, the game just slowly gets away from them. And that's what happened yes. in game seven. Yep. Yep. So you got any follow ups with that? No, like you said, when when White is the only person that ends up altering his game to adjust. That tells you a lot, right? And I've talked about this, and I've said this a number of times. 
So many times certain teams get caught up in superstar paralysis, mm, which means they they pass it to the superstar and they stand still and they just watch. And they, they say, hey, okay, we're just going to give it to our superstar and we'll stay back here and not do anything. Mm. And that ends up hurting you. And so we saw that again, right? It's yeah. one thing if you're hitting the three. Yeah. But when you're missing, I've always listen, I always remember this. When you're hot or cold from outside, take your game inside and, and work it from inside out. Until you get hot again, right? But you got to manufacture getting hot. So slash, get you some easy layups, get some free throws. But the other thing is this. Unlike Miami, Boston is a team that doesn't have a mid-range game. Mid, mm-hmm. Mid-range basketball and mid-range shots is a lost art. Because what it we is. can see is it can is. you step inside that three-point line and hit – inside the arc mm-hmm. and get your game back right and i do think the 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 jason tatum injury hurt mm-hmm. because jason tatum is one of those players that could get mid range could get to the the middle of the court could get to the free throw line either pass he could go triple threat and that was a little lost um in this game and then with brown going through what he was going through, mm-hmm. you know, outside, now you're down two of your big guns and the only person that was really still giving that kind of effort was white. He was the only one. And, and when his forehead gets into the game, you know, oh they got God. problems. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never find blow, 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 blow. a hairline like mine. Like mine. <laughs> Hey, bro. Listen. Oh, listen. man. Yeah, man. That's we, it. You know. When he it, have dreams, he don't have dreams. He has movies. <laughs> he has movies. He has a he has an eighty four inch. He, right. He, he dreams in super HD. Eight K. Eight K. My question is going to be, and I I'm going to be interested to watch. Does Jason Brown? Jalen Brown. Is he Jalen Brown? Is he still there next year? No. We can move on. <laughs> they play the simple. No, <laughs> he is not. They they break this team up. I think. I I'm I'm you know and and I think that because of what I found out recently about Joe Mazzulla, mm-hmm. uh, I think that he stays because I was questioning whether he's going to keep him either. Um, I think they. I think those three games uh, secured him coming back next year. I mean, he, he came into a difficult situation. He did. He did with with yeah. with he may be you know unceremoniously dismissed, which I still I'm on the fence about whether that was right or wrong. Right. More, more. I think was wrong. I think you did. I think you having you having extracurricular activity with somebody else, you know, is has nothing to do with my ability to coach. But you know, nothing. we'll see what the Rockets do when with him this year. But yeah. regardless of that, I think that the fact that he is, I guess you can say, a Brad Stevens. I won't call him his boy, but it, it, right. it's he's he's he has he has favor with Brad Stevens. Close because, relationship. Yeah, because what happened was when Emei got the job, Brad mm-hmm. convinced Emei to hire Missoula as an assistant. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Missoula was the first person on Stevens's list to hire once they had to do what they did with Emei. 
So you. that like makes me feel like he wants him there as in the organization in some facet. Yeah. You know, because I think he may want to hire everybody, you know, from his own, you know, you know, I guess you can say uh, circle. But he convinced him to keep hire Missoula as an assistant. And again, and he's, he's young. Old. He's only yeah, 34. He's, he is young. He is young. Yeah. Again, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to browbeat him too much, but I think that the fact that he is, you know, the his, I guess, you know, highly favored in the front office is going to allow him to keep his job one. Two, yeah. I think that they have to do something different with this roster, period. Like, I think that... Mm. They have to figure out because let's be real. You cannot pay the supermax to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum when it's clearly you've seen in a sense where the ceiling is with them two together. Yep. You have to shake it up at some point. Like you yes. know, if I if I was a bad man, because I think that Jalen is probably one the one that one wants out more so than Jason does. Mm-hmm. I think they they keep Jason, pay him, and they trade and move on from Jalen. That's my take. That's not it. I'm right there with you. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to argue it and fight it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that happens. But I think that that's what ends up happening. But yeah, to y'all, your points, and Jack agrees with the mid-range name. People people don't give Jimmy Butler, D, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and a few others credit for having a lethal mid-range game. But listen, when the chips is down and that three ain't falling, and that, but that mid-range game is... It can be an asset. It can be an asset. But everybody gets all enamored and, and fall in love with the idea that the three-pointer is king. Now, you know, blame Steph Curry. Right. You know, but right. but I would say that definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things where you could definitely lean on that when other things aren't working. And again, have mm-hmm. to have some type of nuance and some subtlety to a game when the main primary thing isn't working. And that's what the mm-hmm. Celtics faulted at. Yeah. So Jack, so what's going on with this question here? You got you said you said you were trying to get my favorite teams that I like in basketball but don't like in football. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I was yeah, they clarify that one for me. I think that uh, you know, I, I mean, it be being a sports analyst, you know, I I I like a lot of teams, but you know, of course I have my, you know, my my home favorites, you know, my LA guy, yeah. like Chargers and Lakers, but um, you know, but I mean, as far as players, I mean, hell, I like say I'm really a fan of Jason Tatum. He's a Celtic. You know, yeah. so, you know that's 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 like you know cursing and blasphemy in in the Laker community. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they might try to run me out of town if I talk about it too much. You know, right. and but uh, but again, I just you know, I, he's a COVID disciple, so he's he's one of my guys. So you yeah. know, I think that um, you know, players, you know, teams, I'm not so you know high on as a team, but I think players, I have a lot of uh, respect and love for, like you know, Steph Curry's one, you know, Tatum, you know, uh, Jamal Murray, who we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, mm-hmm. those guys. So who's your favorite teams one through four? Um, for basketball, man, that's tough. Damn, that's tough. Of course, the Lakers got to be number one. We not we that's yeah, that's a given. Yeah. But um, dang, I want to say I guess if I had to be, hmm, yes, I would say I would say the Lakers, the mm-hmm. Warriors, mm-hmm. um, the Bucks, mm-hmm. and um, hmm. Oh, all sports. All sports. Oh, that's that's gonna that's gonna take some time. I need some. I need some. I need. To do, I need to do some research on that one. Yeah. That's a I cigar. To, on, that's a cigar and brown liquor right there. That's, I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good one. We have to think about that one, Jack. Might have to get back to you on that one, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I got a top three. I, I'm not sure what my fourth would be. I mean, I don't wanna. I wanna ride the coattail of uh of, of the of the Nuggets right now, but I've been telling you about Jamal Murray. You know, mm-hmm. for two years since the bubble, I've been telling you out about him. It's just unfortunate to hear that ACL and he's been yeah. down, but he's back now. 
He's back now. Oh no, definitely the Warriors over the Chargers. Chargers are definitely over the Warriors now. That's not. That's not. I didn't throw any football teams there at all. Let's not do that now. Yeah, no, we not. We not. No, we not doing that. No, listen. No, 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 no. no. Definitely Lakers yeah. and Chargers first, and then then Abrams can can catch up after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So let's talk about the NBA finals real quick, man. Let's let's get into uh what we came to came to see. Uh, yes. The finals are, are are set. We got. Uh, I want to say what Thursday night. Yeah, um, Thursday night in Denver. Um, Heat versus the Nuggets again. Who would have called that at the beginning of all this? If you look at the bracket, if you just take out the the wins and losses, if he told you at the start of this first round who was going to be at that end, nobody had the Nuggets or the or the Heat making it, and they're here, and they're right. here. So, what do we think? You know, when it comes down to uh, the NBA uh, Finals preview, who has the edge? I'm gonna lead, I'm gonna throw it over to you first. Tell me who you think has the edge in this matchup, and who should. Who should take it um, uh, in the series? So when looking at what we've seen and looking at matchups and consistency, I give it to Denver. Mm -hmm. One, because to me, when I look at Miami, who are you going to have that contends against Joker? Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) In the words of sweat, nobody. So that's number one. Let's say for some reason Joker goes cold. What which, you know? Which hadn't happened yet, by the which way. Which hadn't happened yet. Or um, Bam somehow can defend him. Cool. Then you got to have Jamal Murray. That's number two. I am telling you, I don't doubt Jimmy no. Butler. Jimmy no. buckets. I don't. But when I look at Joker and then I look across and say, okay, who's going to defend him? Even if it was two to three, Miami does not have a very deep roster and Spolstra doesn't go deep into the bench. And then when you get past Bam, who's a, who's a, let's go to the Shaq effect, Mm. throw bodies at him. You don't have big bodies to throw at Joker. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Then you go right. to Murray, who's been mm-hmm. consistent. That's right. a problem. Again, you don't have a deep bench, mm-hmm. right? That's a that that's gonna be an issue. Then you go to Gordon. Now I'm assuming Gordon's probably gonna play Jimmy Butler. He's right. played LeBron very well. He's played uh who was before the Lakers? Um who did who did Denver play before the Lakers? Oh, in the one oh the eighth seed. Um, here's the bracket right here. The Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. So they Gordon has played even through the season. He's mm-hmm. played their the best player. He played LeBron again. He's played these big guns. He's been defensively strong against them. He caused headaches to LeBron, and I think that's who they're going to put on Jimmy Butler. So mm-hmm. if they put Gordon on Jimmy Butler, now who is Miami going to put on Jamal and Joker? Then you got Porter. You got KCP. Mm-hmm. Those, again, when you start, when I look at the heat and I look at the matchups and I look at the bench, I just feel – that in all theory and in and in, in, in person for person, Denver 
should, on paper, take this game. I really would love Miami to win this. This would mm. be a great feel-good story. It, it would. It would. Uh, Jimmy Butler, to me, has been one of those few players that get better in the playoffs. And I would love to see Adonis Haslam, old man Haslam. Yeah, right out his, to the sunset. And right out more, to the sunset. One, one, right? one for the road. One for the road. Yeah. yeah. But I just don't – bar an injury – it's mm. just one of those. I just think they're outmatched up. That mm. is, I don't think they're going to be out heart. I don't think they're going to be. There's going to be the Denver is going to have more grit. Mm. I think this is just a situation where you're you're boxing above your weight class, and That's no matter one. your strongest punch, you're a middleweight going against a heavyweight. The heavyweight only has to hit you once. You got to hit the the heavyweight every time and avoid getting hit. And mm. I just don't see that happening again the way that jokers played he's played at an mvp level he's played as the best player and he he's hard to contend if jimmy butler was six nine six eight lebron size i would say no issue right but he's not and he's not gonna he's not gonna defend joker and bam has been inconsistent bam disappears bam has a slight case of ad syndrome he does and so he, he can go cold on you. Now, I know they're saying Tyler Hero may come back game three, but by that time, what is he going to do? And they, do you shake up the roster because mm-hmm. Martin has stepped up? And do you mess that up? So I think it's going to be Denver. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be in six. I just Denver. give two to to Jimmy Butler. Okay. But I think it's Denver in six. Okay. All right. Um. It's hard to. You know, it hurts me to say that, man. I, I really agree. A, I'm a I, huge fan of of Jimmy Butler and Spoelstra. I am too. I am too. I, I'm really applauded what they've done up to this point. Yeah. Um, but again, just hard to bet against the talent in the metal of the Nuggets. I feel like the only thing that really can get in Nuggets' way is the is the pressure or injury. Injury, yeah, pressure or injury. I think that really because because to your point. They just have a lot of versatility with their lineup. Like, I mean, because let's be real, you have KCP is a scorer, right? He can shoot, but he's known for being a good 3 and D wing defender. So you look at it from a perspective, you put Aaron Gordon, who is very stocky and very uh, strong on the wing, to put him on Jimmy to start. He's two inches taller than Jimmy. Right, and then when you get, if you, you, let's say hypothetically he gets Aaron Gordon in foul trouble. You got yeah. KCP to guard him to follow up. And yeah. then you got Michael Porter Jr. They're all a tall, you know, rangy, wide rangy 3 and D wing guys. Yes. So you got three able bodies to throw at Jimmy Butler. And then Very you got versatile. two, you got three, you got th- Kevin Love, you got Bam, you got one other guy. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. He's, he's another undrafted guy. Another, you got three good bodies to throw at Jokic as well. So, you know, two, two highly athletic, two highly skilled, and one guy is just, you know, he got good, he got six fouls to give you. You yeah. know, so that that particular aspect of it, you know, that that is, you know, it's it's a strategic, it's a strategic and uh, coaching, you know, conundrum, you know, to right. put it to put it plain, it you know, to to say that they're going to utilize their uh, their roster to the fullest of their ability to you know to affect the series, but you know, if you got three guys to throw at at at, uh, at Jimmy, you know, and then that basically gives Jamal free reign to score and and he got to guard anybody. Um, Joker being who he's going to be, he's going to give you a triple double and more, and most likely, I mean, he, he's 
he has the most favorable matchup of this series in the finals. Like he had to go up against Cat round yeah. one. Yeah, he, he had to go against who was who was his second round matchup? Um, he had to play the Suns. He had to go up against eight of those guys in round two. Did they go and that against was AD? Green. That was a cakewalk. It, it was. But that I mean, from a stature perspective, you would thought it would be a, bit, a heavier matchup, right? But yeah. I mean, even even from a height perspective, like like Aiden's a, a legit six ten, right? Yeah. You know, Cat is a legit six ten. AD is a legit six ten. Athletic, all of them athletic six tens guys, right? Yeah. And then he gets to the finals. He got Bam. It was six and eight, six nine. Yeah. So he's already undersized. And again, nobody can seem to block Joker's shot, even if you are six ten. So he nice. me to tell me a six nine guy is gonna block a shot. Highly doubtful. Highly doubtful. So, you know, Jokic should have his way in this series, and you just basically have to look at it from a perspective. Maybe you let him get his and try to shut everybody else down, but that's a tall order. Like you said, you know, Porter is streaky, but he can get hot. KCP is streaky, he can get hot. Even Eric Gordon can hit shots at certain stretches, and Jamal Murray is just, he, he's, he's just, he's just lighting it in the bottle. Like, he just, yeah. you know, you just light the fire, let him go. So it's, from a from a schematic and matchup perspective, Denver definitely has the edge. Yes. So, only thing I can see this series turning in that he's favorite is 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 Spolcher truly and ultimately running rings around Mike Malone as from a coaching perspective. He figures something about out. Jeff Green, right? That that too, and he you know wily veteran, you know, and um, yeah. you know, and if you look, if you if you pay attention to the last part of the back end of the series with the Celtics, they play a lot of zone against the Celtics when they're three point yeah. shooting. So if they zone things up and kind of kind of like shadow Jokic out of the paint might might make them a little bit less effective. But you know that's one of the reasons I think they were gonna give him a shot is to play more matchup zone and uh, make it difficult for Jokic to make to make uh, to get entry passes and get the passes out to the shooters. And hopefully they don't miss shots. But from a talent perspective, I gotta give the edge of Denver. I think to you to your point, I would like because I believe the series is is two three two. So. Yes. So you got two in Denver, you get three in, in Miami, and then you get two back in Denver. So yeah, I would like to believe that they get two at home, they get they get one in Miami, and they get one at home that closes out. Yep. So yeah, I definitely believe Denver in Denver in six as well. But yet again, it just depends on, you know, again, what type of uh strategy they uh, employ game to game. I think you're just gonna get a straight up matchup, kind of a feel out process in game one. And I think that you're gonna, you know, and I think talent is gonna over outweigh. Uh, you know, just grit from the heat. So I think the the Denver should take game one, especially being off. You know, the time they've been off, they've been resting. You know, they've been very tough at home as a unit all year. So I yeah. think that they definitely should get game one, and then after that, we're really going to see who who's, who's the better coach, who has the better fight. You know, and, and unless the Denver Nuggets completely utterly fall apart because of the finals, and they 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 the the the, 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 the sphincter gets tight and they can't produce like they've been producing, then right. it should go to them. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy that here's a lineup, and mm. I'm not even going to say names. I'm just going to say height. Okay. 6'10", 6'4", 6'11", 6'8", 6'5". That's the Nuggets lineup? That's the Nuggets. Wow. 6'10", 6'4", 6'11", 6'8", and six five. So that's a lengthy lineup, man. That's a lengthy lineup. Come on, man. So and, and all of them are guards or wing players, but one. And then so you got Jamal Murray. Yep. Six four. Yep. Jokic. Order starts right. Yep. Six ten. Yep. You got Joker. Six, six eleven. Six, six eleven. Mm-hmm. You got Gordon. 
Six eight. That's, and then who's the point guard? So Murray's a point guard. KCP is a shooting guard. And then six five. Wow. Your yeah. point guard is six four. Your yeah. your shooting guard is six five. Your center is six eleven. Your small forward is six ten. Mm-hmm. Your power forward is six eight. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hot damn. It's formidable. <laughs> It's and they're formidable. athletic, like you said. Exactly. They're, they're, exactly. They're, they're, they're small forward, power forward, shooting guard, all super athletic. athletic. And they interchangeable from a guarding perspective. All interchangeable from a guarding perspective. Come on, yeah. man. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. All right, so let's take a quick break, man. We got a different. Yeah, we both got different sticks. Take a quick break, and uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna discuss some NFL news, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, go grab a drink real quick. Come back to the chat, and like I said, the link is in the chat, man. If you want to join the stream and talk some uh, football or basketball with Coach and Kurt, man. So uh, let us know if you want to bring bring into the show. We'll bring you on, and uh, you know we'll talk some. Uh, we'll talk some shop. We'll talk some yeah. shop. Yeah. So we'll run a quick ad, and we'll be back in a minute thirty. We are back. And that is our ad for the 30-minute lockdown, Aaron, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all your popular platforms you get your podcast from. And pay attention this week. We had a great segment uh, last week about NBA coaching firing and hirings and things of that nature. That was a good segment. That got a lot of views. But this week is going to be a good one. We're starting a series called the NFL Divisional Rundown. We're going to take a division each and every week, and we're going to break them down from end of the season to free agency through the draft. We're going to break down the roster. We're going to take, we're going to get exactly, get deep dive into each roster. Tell you what I like and what I don't like about each roster. Who is their guy and how we feel like they, their roster grades out in the preseason. So check that out. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, we're back with an NFL segment and uh, we we got through our NBA segment. Appreciate everybody that's been holding us down in the chat and in the, uh, in the uh, viewership room. But yeah, man, uh, we had some rough news to pass through us in, uh, in the last uh, week or so. Um, yeah. As you can see, I'm donning a Browns jersey. It is Jim Brown's jersey. Uh, we lost Jim Brown this past uh, week or so. Um, mm-hmm. He died at the age of, I want to say, 83. 
and yeah. uh and uh we lost a legend man i mean to say the least um you know jim brown for me had two lives um mm. he had a legendary hall of fame you know uh dominant uh you know, I want to say Shaquille O'Neal like career, like you know, you just you couldn't do nothing with him when he came down to him playing football, you know. But that was just the tip of the iceberg, because mm-hmm. I felt like Jim Brown being uh, a man of the people, an activist, a person that broke down barriers and kicked down walls for the African American athlete in mm-hmm. in in a lot of spaces where it wasn't popular, it wasn't comfortable, it wasn't taboo, it wasn't in vogue to do so. Jim Brown bridged a lot of gaps and 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 built a lot of bridges for people to walk over in today's game, man. So I definitely believe that if it had not been for Jim Brown, a lot of spaces, a lot of things would be different nowadays. Mm-hmm. And man, we lost a real full bona fide full-time legend and in mm-hmm. Jim Brown. And he lived a great life. He lived a full life. And again, this game of football would not be the same for african-american athlete that it is today without jim brown's influence man so definitely rest in peace of jim brown man um coach kirk tell me what jim brown meant to you as a player an activist as a man as a person man like you said he's uh he's one of those and when you know when we found out uh you know i said one of the legends has transitioned um when I look at certain people in history, it saddens me because of what they stood for and what they represented and the, the metal, the grit, the, the determination. Uh, and, the, and the greatest thing for me is the willingness to, to stand up when they didn't have to and to fight for people that they may never meet that they may never see, but they realize that what they're fighting for is bigger than them. It is to help. It is to help others that's going to come after them. And when I look at someone like Jim Brown, who, when you, you hear the athletic greatness that he had uh, truly couldn't be touched on the field uh, if he plays a couple more years, oh man, who 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 knows? Because when he walked away, he was still in his prime. Um, mm-hmm. But the greatest thing is just listening to my grandparents, listening to my uncles, uh, and seeing a person who was willing to stand up for what I call what's right in the moment and to knock down doors and to get in rooms and and say hey this isn't this isn't fair this isn't right nor am i going to stand by and allow this to happen and he to me is one of those people that put his career put his well-being on the front lines and said i don't care this is not correct. And I'm going to fight for the voiceless because I have a voice. And that's what Jim Brown stood for to me, man. It's just all the wisdom, all the strength, unfortunately, has transitioned. But what he stood for, his legacy, 
uh, still stands. And so the greatest thing we can do is to continue standing for and fighting for things that he left behind, man. But, you know, I learned that he walked away because, and you know what? He had principle. Yeah. When they, when the, when the Browns told him to return back uh, to practice when he was on a movie set, mm-hmm. he said no. And he basically told him, <laughs> okay, if you're not going to work with me, then you'll work without me. I quit. Yeah. There you go. I quit. Right. And he turned a superstar NFL career into a budding um, acting and activist career. And so, listen, man, that's why I'm so happy to see you with that jersey on. I'm happy to know, and I would say for anyone watching this, especially to the young people, learn the history of the game. Learn about people like Jim Brown that came before you. And just look at this picture right here, man. I mean, we just don't, you know, people talk about super teams and all that, but we don't see this. You mm-hmm. have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you have Bill Russell, you have Muhammad Ali, and then you have Jim Brown mm-hmm. all together. And not to count the men that's with them, right. but look at that. And you're talking about the best and top of their sports at the time. The Bill pinnacle. Russell, pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Bill Russell, 11-time champion. Muhammad Ali, arguably one of the greatest boxers of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, record is impeccable, right? You're talking about college and NBA, uh, the leading scorer up until LeBron. But their sports career was not so important that they wouldn't stand up and fight for people that look like them and who they represented. And so... Man, just that's an amazing picture right there, man, to see those four gentlemen. And these are the pictures that will stand the test of time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like I said, man, Jim Brown has definitely changed the game when it comes to NFL. Like you said, you have, you know, Lou Alcindor at the time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yep. Bill, Bill Russell, you know, you know, from a NBA representation perspective, Jim yep. Brown from football perspective, Muhammad Ali from boxing. You know, you have guys that, you know, have fought individually, you know, their own struggles and to be able to speak out and bridge gaps, you know, knock down walls, kick down doors, yeah. you know, to allow for people coming after them, who they may never meet, like you said, who they never ever may come in contact with to allow for them to make it a better place for them and more comfortable for them to be able to do what they love and and be a professional at a sport without having to, you know, face as much scrutiny and and vitriol that they had to face. Yes. So from that perspective, you know, I definitely give a lot of kudos and a lot of praise to Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, Bill. And it's ironic that we've lost Bill and, and Jim in the last, what, year? Yeah, out of this situation, Muhammad Ali, we lost him. You know, I think we lost him during COVID. Um, you know, so Kareem's the only one that's still holding on in this picture. That's a predominant figure in this particular aspect in this particular space. So, yeah. you know, appreciate the guys that have knocked down these doors for you. Again, they you walking. You know, you're literally riding on their backs. You know, they're they're crawling so you can walk. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know what's hey, really crazy, man. 
even though I know it had to happen, mm-hmm. to me, them transitioning just never entered my mind. Right. Right. And I, right. I don't know if that's the greatness of them, but to me, even though I knew they were getting older, I knew that they had the transition. They were such prominent figures that it just never really registered to me that these gentlemen will pass away. That, that's the thing, you know, and they say greatness never dies. Yeah, yeah. They say greatness never dies. And I think that we kind of treat that as a tangible thing, right? Because it yeah. was so great in their own perspective, that, you know, great on the, on the field, off the field, on the court, off the court, that yeah. you just never think of them ever. They always going to feel like you're just always going to be here. Yeah, yeah. Like they're always going to be here. So you never really think about it, you know. And then, yeah. then when they transition, you're like, man, I say, it just make you reflect and appreciate them for who they were and what they did and, and, the, and the ways that they paved. Yeah, because yeah, they definitely, yeah. you know, like I said, you know, your 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 Magic Johnsons, your your uh Michael Jordans, your LeBron James, your Kobe Bryant's, you know, your you know, you know, even modern day Steph Curry's, those guys, none of them, none of them allowed to do what they do without these gentlemen out here speaking True. up and speaking out. So yeah, shouts to them, shouts to Jim Brown, man, may he rest in peace. Man, I, I if I could have been a fly on the wall for this meeting mm. and conversation. Off oh man, camera, I'd love to be right? here. I'd oh, love to be there. And and just look, man, these I don't know who the gentlemen are with them. Yeah. But the great thing that I loved is that it is not like now, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think you see, I'm gonna say normal men. Amongst the great, the Mount Rushmore, we can say that's a, Mount, hand in, that's a Mount Rushmore activism right there. Come on, man. And you as a as an activist in your mm-hmm. own right is brushing shoulders and in the room and having coffee, drinking water, talking offline with these gentlemen. Right. The mm-hmm. pinnacles of their sport. I I just, you know, in today's time of superstars and and security and all, I just don't know if you would have uh, the ability to have a a Floyd Mayweather, uh, uh, if you want to say Patrick Mahomes, a LeBron, Mm. uh, a Steph Curry, and then just everyday citizens Mm. standing arm in arm with them. Man, that's just an amazing, you know, some of those men could have been in the car transporting or picking up these gentlemen and, and getting them to this place. That's just a, that's just an, uh, like I said, if I could have just been a fly on the wall to hear what they talked about I'm and saying. how they talked off this, this moment off camera, it is right. amazing, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So recipes of Jim Brown, man. Yes, sir. All right. So we got a special guest. Come I on, got Jack Kenna is in the building, man. Oh, uh, okay. Finally, after all this time, we're live together. <laughs> finally, buddy. Finally, appreciate you coming through, man. Hey, appreciate I'm glad you coming through. Look up both of you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that was a great tribute to the the legendary Jim Brown. It's like the the original, the guy who's like the biggest offensive lineman and just running people over. It's like, man, he was a great guy. Amazing. And he's like you know, amazing running back. So like since we're talking running backs, I look at like there's four running backs in the history in the NFL that were amazing, but either they, they quit short mm-hmm. or their careers got sh- cut short. Mm-hmm. So for me as being right here, yeah. number one, is Bo Jackson. Oh man, you know, that hurt my heart so bad. Short. Yeah. So Gail Sayers too. 
Yes. Injury career. Gail yes. Sayers is amazing. Jim Brown left. Mm. And then uh, the now I'm drawing a mental blank. Uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Yep. I mean, those are the top four running backs that ever played this game. And I, even more than my boy, I'm going to say Marcus Allen. I mean, yeah. those, those are the, those are the top four ever. Yeah. I, I hard to argue that. I mean, just what they did to the game and how uniquely talented they were. And they were all uniquely talented in their own right. Like you said, because yeah. Bo, oh, man, I, 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 I rue the day that Bo got hurt. I really do. Because yeah. you're talking to a guy before he was sexy, a running back that's above, that's above 220 pounds running a four two forty. you know, and, and I mean, we're talking speed, power, elusiveness. I mean, you name it. I mean, you can basically bottle up Derrick Henry and uh, uh, Marcus Allen or uh, uh, what's the guy from the Rams? Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk. So you, you uh, bottled up, yeah. bottle up Marshall Falk and bottled up Derrick Henry in one person. And that's yeah. what Bo Jackson was. He broke just, a bat with his thigh. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, bro. Like, that come on. Like, injury against the Bengals, like, you know, it's weird. It's like I watched that such play. Such a freak I accident. Such a freak accident. It's freak. It's like, you know, it's like, but, you know, that's what happens to running backs. It's like, you know, the NFL don't, doesn't want to pay him because those type of things. And it's like your boy right now. You, you got him back, you know. Your number one running back in, in, you know, the Chargers. You got him back. You got him back on a cheaper contract. It's like he wanted more money. It's like. Mm-hmm. You know the Raiders are doing the same right right now with Josh Jacobs. Like franchise tag, he doesn't yeah. want to come back unless you know pay him more money. He's like, if you don't pay me like a bell cow, if I'm going to be a bell cow, which I I understand for his perspective. It's like last year the Raiders he touched the ball 63 percent of the time. Devontae Adams only touched the ball 13 percent of the times. So that's it's a big like difference. That's a big difference if you don't have a quarterback that's going to get you the ball. That's a fact. You know, it's like if you don't have someone that's going to like distribute and like make his workload less, maybe he doesn't want to come back. Like kind of like Barkley, you know, Barkley doesn't really want to come back either. It's like, pay me. Yeah. If I'm the bell cow, make me the bell cow. Pay me yeah, like yeah. a bell cow. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you have to, as a person, as a man, as a player, you have to get your money when you can get it. Like you can't, again, you, you have to be able to cash in at least one good time because like you said, running backs are such a devalued position because, you know, it's so many, you know, guys that you can use with you two and three running backs. You know, we don't have the Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is an outlier at this point. Like him and Saquon are probably the only two people that are literally three down guys when they don't really come off the field. But you look at it from most roster perspective, they had, and they constantly draft them. They, they, they pick up, you know, you have some people to carry four running backs, you know, just in this thing, in the case of somebody might get hurt, like the, like the Jets. The Jets had three running backs, good ones, in, in, in house, and they drafted another one on top of that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so you have to, you have to cash in. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Saquon. Pay me one good time. Zeke got paid, and, you know, he, I pay me too. You know, you only got one chance to, get to make this money. And I feel for Austin Eckler because the problem with him is he came in undrafted. You know, he played behind Melvin Gordon. And then he came, he got to the point where his age caught up with him before he could really, truly come up to the point where he can get paid again. You know, because he got paid a decent Man, contract and, and the second time. Undrafted? Yeah, that, undrafted. That boy is a beast. He's like all pro, dude. He, he's yeah. a really good running back, dude. Right. And I hate seeing him because... He destroys my team. <laughs> <laughs> right, he destroys he a lot of teams. He's a he's a he's a dual threat. You know, he, and that's very that's a very unique skill set. 
you know i mean i still you know it makes me you know cringe in a certain certain regards because he's small you know so i you know if i feel like he takes the wrong hit he might fumble in certain cages in the wrong times but outside of that that's the only knock i have that's the only knock yeah. i have everything else he does well and he's, he's strong as lots you know he keeps take care of his body you yeah. know he does all the right things so again you know it's just but you have to also have to look at it it's from the business perspective like you know, when you have to invest in a quarterback, you have to invest in weapons to keep to protect the quarterback. It's not a lot of money left for guys like him. You know, and that's the sucky part. Again, being twenty eight years old, you know, I mean, ugh, I, I would mean, six, six point eight million is like you know, I kind of get it, like you know, for his, his perspective. But six point eight million is nothing to sneeze at either. It isn't. It isn't. So again, and that's the same for Jacobs, like ten point one million. Like you know, you've never made that money in like your whole contract with the Raiders. Right. But from their perspective it, as a player, there's no security in that because Jim Jacobs got the one year guarantee money with the franchise tag. Well, what's left after that? And I'm going to have another year on my body. I'm going to be well, a year I agree, older. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Jacobs being smart, dude. And if, if, mm-hmm. he, if he went somewhere else, I couldn't disagree with it because honestly, I look at my Raiders history. I've been a fan since 1975. Mm-hmm. And Jacobs right now, in my mind, is the third best running back in the Raiders history. Behind Bo and Marcus, like those, you can interchange them. Mm-hmm. Marcus, like longevity and doing great things, right. and Bo just being Bo, a freak of nature. <laughs> yeah, freak of nature. And so, I mean, Jacobs is like a combination of kind of the two guys. So it's like, I, I, I want him back. I really do. I mean, if you're touching the ball sixty three percent of the time, mm-hmm. you need to get paid because you know what? If you don't resign this guy, I like give him a contract. What does that tell every person on your team? Oh, you do great, and we're not going to reward you. That's exactly what it sends the message to. Yep, that's exactly right. So we'll, we, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, and I think they're the Raiders are in a better position from a quarterback perspective and the money that you're paying your quarterback than their charters are because we're we're looking at we're staring fifty million a year in the face when it comes to Herbert. You know, we got two twenty million dollar running wide receivers. You got a fifty million dollar quarterback. Cap is still the cap. Like you, you can't go over that number, right? So you have to figure it out, you know. And you know, because again, you got you got your O line is solidified. You got your tight end. You got your wide receivers and your young guys. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it just what do you do? What do well, you do? Well, coach, you know, a year or so ago, it's like you know, with Alex, I'm like, when they signed, you know, Patrick Mahomes to that contract, I was like, whoa, like it's about fifty million dollars a year. But mm-hmm. now it's starting to look like a bargain after 10 years. That's what I'm saying. That's what you, I'm saying. You need to do the same thing with your quarterback because you have I, I, a, a black I, I hope they do. You have a great quarterback. Yes, I hope they do do that. I hope they do, uh, I guess, work the deal to the point where he gets a lot of guaranteed money in his deal and this, this doesn't uh, affect the cap, you know, as uh, vehemently as some deals do. Because if you look at Jalen Hurts' deal, Jalen Hurts is getting his money, but his, his numbers is very cap-friendly. So they're going to be able to keep weapons around him for the next five years. I don't believe Jalen Hurts is like, you know, the same type of quality of your quarterback and Herbert. It's like, I think Herbert's a way better quarterback. You know, I just think the Eagles, because they are, they're so stout on the inside and outside. And they, they kind of just fell with like, again, with Alex's team and KC, you work from the inside out Mm -hmm. and that's what they've done. You look at what they've done on the inside with, with Jalen Carter and this, you know, this draft here. Mm-hmm. They're all building inside out. That's what they do, and that's what KC does, and that's what winning teams do is they build from the inside out. Right. So, 
And and I, I see KC doing that. It's like, man, they're like signing, you know, top end, you know, free agents on the offensive line. They just took uh what that tackle or right 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 tackle from Notre oh, Dame, Taylor. which I'm a Dame fan, so oh, oh, which the, the Ravens draft. wanted yeah. to draft a few years ago, but yeah. they couldn't get him because right. a coin flip with the Niners and the Niners got him. Mm-hmm. So the Raiders traded back a third to fifth to go back and get Miller, who's like, you know, stable. Right. Stable, but not right. all pro. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting, man. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see how things shake out. But uh, you know, I think that, you know, we all in decent position. It's just a matter of what you do, because we're all chasing KC at this moment. We are we I think we all getting to agree with that. We're all chasing them. So how yeah. we fare against them is what's gonna end up being the 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 deciding factor. You know, retaining the guys you need to retain, staying healthy, and you know, being able to compete with them and match up with them, and not allow them just to run away the division every year. That's the mm-hmm. big. That's the goal. That's yeah, the goal. coach. That's the one thing I got to ask you, man. It's like now the Raiders are taking on like you know players like Tyree, foot mm-hmm. injury, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, foot injury. Your Chargers every year like you know have a ton of injuries. You guys on paper, man. You guys are like. Amazing. Look, look at a lot are of always years. Unbelievable. Oh, but, but some other we always kill it. I, I, I just I haven't found the answer yet. I have not. It's you know, and, and they say that in the league it's a hundred percent injury rate. I mean, we all get that. <laughs> it's a hundred percent injury rate. It's no, it's not ninety nine. It's not fifty. It's a hundred percent injury. You're not. 100%. It's, it's not if you get hurt, it's when, right? But it just so happens that our the guys that we get hurt is always crucial guys. You know, so that and that's always been our Achilles' heels. Almost like you know, somebody got a some type of you know, you know, religious curse against us or something. Where they just like this. <laughs> the moment they start doing well, somebody gets somebody gets a foot injury, somebody gets a knee injury, something happens. But you know, that that's the only thing that I guess outside of that, I'm not sure what the issue is. But you know, if we could just piece it together one good time, we can make a run. You know, I mean, yeah. we made the playoffs in certain stretches, but we've always hobbled into it. You know, like last year, we hobbled into the playoffs being banged up. Mike, we lost Mike Williams the week before, you know, so that was that was a detriment to our offense on top of, you know, just the injuries we had on the D-line and other things. So, you know, it just I'm just praying for a one healthy season and we can all put it all together with the right personnel, with the right coaching staff and and see what we this team can really do and they can fulfill their potential. But until we get to that point, we're always going to be second, second place. And I, I got another question, too, because – you know, one of one of my favorite guys, you know, watching him getting drafted by the Raiders, and then they went to the Bears. He's on your team, and he he's it's, his name is Khalil Mack. Yep. So what was it like to have him on your team? What did you think, you know, with the hype and everything else? Because, like, when he was on the Raiders, like, he was – he's Mad Max plus is mm-hmm. the way I see it. He's right. better than Mad Max. So coming to your team – what was it like to have him on your team? Oh, it was great. And, you know, he dispelled all the rumors, too, about him being injury-prone because he played the whole season. You know, and the only thing that they really hindered him, and I think that hinders any pass rusher that's by themselves, is the simple fact that they don't have or somebody else out. to take the pr- – Oh, they, oh, okay. We back? We back? Yeah, you're yeah, back. You okay. So only thing that was that they kind of hindered uh, Mac is the fact that he uh, didn't have another guy to go along with him. Bosa was hurt most of the year. So if he had another guy to take the pressure off, but he couldn't double team him, triple team him, and chip him every play, and he can be effective in a pass rush perspective, then that's really what where he flourishes at. 
So I think that's the only thing that they really didn't unlock him completely is the fact that he was getting all the attention from a pass perspective. Like the line was focusing on him the whole year. So once if we get Bosa back in the, and we got got Thule in the in the mix now, so if Bosa goes down, you still got another guy that can rush the pass from the other side. I think he can have a better year. He might have a Pro Bowl year this year. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can see that. I mean, he, he he's just so good, dude. He's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like I've yeah. seen him bat balls and like you know catch him and then run for a pick six in the end zone mm-hmm. on his own. He's he's special, dude. He's he special. So that is. I'm glad we got him. So at least for at least for one more year. I don't know what's gonna happen after this year because we've got some cap casualty issues next year, but at least for one more year, hoping him both and Tuli can line up together and give us like a three a three headed monster from a Patrick perspective. And we can give uh give Jimmy Garoppolo and and and, and Patrick Mahomes fits all year. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I, I don't I don't know if Jimmy G is gonna even play for the Raiders this year. This is so I'm, which is kind I'm of scary. curious. I'm curious about I'm what's serious, gonna happen dude. with that. I heard it's a rumor like, today that y'all might trade for Trey Lance if he doesn't make it to, uh, yeah, to camp. Oh, <laughs> I, I hope they don't trade for Trey Lance because, you know, that's the whole reason why the Niners traded three first-round draft picks to get off of Jimmy G to get Trey Lance, and they don't like like him as much as Purdy, you know, the yeah. last guy taken in the draft. And the, did you want to go for Trey Lance? Now, I, I don't see the Raiders doing that. Well, we'll see. I, but I, I you gotta really have don't somebody, see that. You got to have somebody on the center come week one. Got to. Well, I, I see, which I think was kind of a dumb move by the Raiders. Uh, honestly, it's just stupid. Oh, let's let's sell like 1% of the team to Tom Brady so we can get like $40 million. <laughs> so right. when, when Carol Davis passes away, it can uh-huh. pay the bridge in the inheritance tax and not do – sign TB12 to one year and then make him an owner of the team and do the same thing. Wow. Because you know what? Your team's not going to support it. KC's no, you were not, not going to support Denver's it. Denver's not supporting that. No, Denver's not, not going to support it. Like, you know, letting Tom Brady play. They're <laughs> gonna, all your teams are going to deny it because it takes 32 teams to approve an owner of the team to play for your team. It's not like the Michael Jordan days, right? right. With the Washington Wizards. It's different. It is. So dumb. Yeah. Go backwards, Raiders. <laughs> Get TB12 to play for you first, then sign him to a contract as being an, or like, you know, being an owner. Right. After the not, fact. Not the other way around. There you go. There you go. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens, man. We appreciate you coming on, Jack, man. Thanks for finally uh, yes, riding yes, with us, gentlemen. Thank you, guys. And, coach. It's first time. It's really good to see you after all the Wild Wild West shows and always talking in, in the side chat and stuff. Love you, brother. I, I'm going to watch all your stuff, you know, going, you know, always, dude. I'm here. Appreciate your loyalty, Jack. Definitely coming through, man. You're, you're, you're a blessing, man. Appreciate you. That's good night, good job. All right. Take it easy. Look at that fan Let's show. Right, right on time. Right on time. Right on so, time. Right let's on jump back time. into let's jump back into news, man. Let's get into it, man. Appreciate Jack for coming through, man. As always, man. Loyal listener and uh, avid listener to the show, man. That in the Wild West podcast, man. Appreciate you coming through. See you, listen, man. Look at Charles and Ready fans can't get along. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. But uh, breaking news this past uh, in the past week, DeAndre Hopkins is on the market. Like what? Like what happened? Like what 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 are we doing here? Right. You know, you know, and what shocked me about this whole situation is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is actually a free agent right now. Like here right now, at this very moment, he can sign with any team. Yeah. The fact that yep. the 
It is May 30th, my birthday. It's May 30th. They released this guy yes. on May 26th. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Is it May? Yeah, May 26th. So they could have waited five days yeah. to June 1st and saved yeah. money in the cap and yeah. allowed him to sign with a team then, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of it doesn't make a hill of beans to me if he signed now or signed on June 1st. And let's say hypothetically he sits out and doesn't sign until after June 1st, you're basically wasted, you know, a bunch of guaranteed money and 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 cap it for nothing. Yeah. So I really didn't understand that. I got a lot of questions about this whole situation, but give me your first <laughs> reaction on what you feel about how DeAndre Hopkins got released and and what do you what do you think he lands going forward? Uh well, when he first got released, I thought, am I seeing this correctly? Yeah, I, uh, I thought my sight was gone. <laughs> yeah. Listen, people, you know, the rumor has it he's lost a step. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let's say he did. The hunt, DeAndre Hopkins losing a step still puts him top five. Hello. If if that if he's lost a step, that's a great step to lose. <laughs> Right, he's still top five. Right? I mean, let's let's be real. We not we we not talk like he was Tyreek Hill in the begin with. He was never a burner. No, never a burner. Never. You're looking at a tech, a tactician. You're mm. looking at a PhD route runner. That's it. And a dog at that. Uh huh. Um, there are certain players that when you see a drop in their stats, it's not because it's a drop in their production. Mm-hmm. It's the person getting them the football. Hello. A receiver cannot catch and throw to himself. They can't throw himself to the ball. No, they can't do that. No. And, you know, I know some people are brought up the PED use. Um, I know some people are brought up the injury history. Okay, but before his first year with the Cardinals, he, if we're talking basketball plus minus, with him, mm-hmm. they won. When he left, there was a clear drop. In productivity oh, yeah. without him. So again, to, to when I first saw it, I said, what? Then I said, oh, hell no. When I saw how much cap the Cardinals are willing you just to eat. eat it. I was like, y'all could wait five days and y'all could have saved yourself $11 million. And the words of my guy from the movie, they chewed that like a kabiashi. <laughs> <laughs> and I really believe, because I watched and listened to, I listened to the I Am Athlete podcast. Mm-hmm. I really think that was a nail in the coffin. Well, I think he, I, I really think he did. said that smoke signal because this is my thing. Now, yeah. we we talk about the, the just the just the first reactions. How you know we giving our first reactions, but yeah. let's let's get let's pull a curtain back. So this was in the works from the time that Cliff Kingsbury was fired to yes. to, to, the, to the point where they hired a defensive coach, defensive yes. minded head coach to replace him. Right, yes. so yes. that that it, that that started the things in motion, and on top of the fact that he didn't really jive with Kyler Murray, that's a whole no. other conversation. So he was trying to find his way out for a minute. You know, he yeah. was just seeing the smoke signal at the end of all this, and I think they were already looking at it. Uh, and I think they might have been trying to wait to June one, but when this I Am Athlete yeah. interview came out, it was like, well, I guess we ain't got no choice now. You know, we so, still don't understand why they didn't wait five days. I still don't get that part. But yeah, you know, shocking. when I'm you know, sure DeAndre doesn't care because he's he got all that guarantee money in his in his bank account. Doesn't yeah, care. That, they still gotta like pay you it. Said, when you brought that up, it's like they could have just waited five days. I mean, I this did. is like this is an emotional uh it decision. Is. 
Because this is clearly a no. We, they were, they were we're not, not going to let him pass. No, all we're not going to let him pass. Go. We gonna get rid of him right now. So right now. to answer your question, I was shocked because again, DeAndre Hopkins has been. If you don't have a number one, Devonte, you have to have him in the top five. When six. he's healthy and right, he's definitely when he's up healthy. There. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, man, I saw that. I was like, let me double check. Let me pull the refresh. Let me make sure that the alert that I'm getting is accurate. Now, yeah, I was making sure it wasn't April first. Like, am I being punked? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't next get it. Question is where does he land? I don't see him in Buffalo. You don't, and I'm gonna tell you why. You got an alpha in Stefan Diggs. Yes, you do. Now, from what I remember, Stefan Diggs was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When he wasn't getting the football the way he felt, he wanted out. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Stefan doesn't care about winning, but what I'm saying is you have, to me, two strong personalities in Stefan and, and, and DeAndre. I don't see DeAndre saying that he's going to take second fiddle right now in this place in his career. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily see, and I don't, I don't think it's anything of contention that Stefan is just a mean person, right. but Stefan is an alpha. And if he's the alpha, he's like, I am the go-to and I'm not ready in my stage of the career to have a complimentary piece like DeAndre. I don't see him in the, with the Eagles because why would you, you have AJ, you have Devontae. They mm. work well together. You're not going to put DeAndre in the slot. You're not going to put DeAndre over Devontae, who's a, a up-and-coming budding receiver, and you can see AJ and Devontae play well together. But, but Devontae can play the slot, though. He can, but are but now are you saying that you're going to go to a primary three-receiver set? Because I don't see Devontae saying that I'm going to go to a, to now where I'm going to have to come off the bench. And get in the game, and I, I just don't see it. I don't. I, I don't see that well, one. You also have to realize that people, the, the league as a whole, leans towards eleven personnel. Yeah. Like the, the eleven personnel is now the base package. Like it used to be twenty one personnel. Now the base yeah. personnel is eleven personnel. You know that's, yeah. that's that's three receivers, one one tight end. You yeah. know, but you know they live in in three in, in eleven personnel now. You know sometimes it's ten. You know they can just go yeah. five wide. You know yeah. that kind of thing. So, you know, it's it's you know that I I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not ruling that out either. I'm not ruling that out okay. either because it, it comes down to a money thing too. Like because what people are not focusing on in this situation is the fact yeah. that again, DeAndre Hopkins is sitting on twenty some million dollars in, in in money already. He got he got twenty million dollars to go away, basically right. from Arizona. He got twenty million dollars to go away, so he got that. So what yeah. he could do. What he could do is take a vet minimum deal with anybody that he yeah. wants to, just to sign there and be and, and get a one year deal from them, from that perspective, and just play, uh, you know, in in the I'm trying to win a championship type, you know, tour, one of those type of tours. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now, when I look at these next two teams, okay, I'm gonna say if it wasn't for the draft, uh-huh. Ravens would have been a prime landing spot. I still don't think that's out of the question. But go ahead, though. I only reason I say that. Uh, now that I think about it, you got OBJ. Yep. Zay. Reports from Zay is he's that dude. Yeah, yeah I told y'all that. <laughs> now <laughs> I told y'all that I can the see. Go. 
I can see DeAndre superseding Bateman. Oh, and yeah. relegating Bateman he, to number four. Easy. Yeah. Now, that would be a great fit. Now, Chiefs is my number one place. Even though reports are Tony got this, Tony has this magical number one juice. They think he's going to be a, a number one. I think the Chiefs would be the best fit. Okay. Uh, and place and position. And who wouldn't, as a receiver, want to play with Patrick Mahomes and as the Chiefs, mm. you're able to get him and it doesn't hurt your cap because the Cardinals got to eat all this. They do. They do. I, I do see him too with the Chargers being a fit because I will I, say this. I don't. Well, go ahead though. I say yes because okay. you let Quentin. I'm look, I had to make sure I'm not being disrespectful to the Chargers. I don't like Quentin Johnson with the Chargers. I don't think he's a good fit. I don't think he's going to be that type of player. I just don't I, – to me, it doesn't mesh to me. So now I say bring in DeAndre. Uh-huh. You can move Mike Williams around. You can move Keenan around. Mm-hmm. And you have now arguably the two best PhD route runners in the NFL and Keenan Allen – and DeAndre Hopkins. They're not burners, but I tell you what, you can't you can't tell me or show me two better receivers to move the chains. And well, you know Keenan, unfortunately, Keenan has an injury history. He does. So I say Chiefs one, Ravens two, okay, Chargers three. Bills okay. out of the running. And you're almost convincing me with the Eagles, so I'm holding. That's three and impossible. Okay, a good. This you're, space, you're, using your, you're using my. You're using your Jedi, Jedi mind tricks on me with the Eagles. <laughs> well, I, I am a powerful Sith Lord. <laughs> just to, I felt, just I felt to, my mind shift all of a sudden. Just to let you know, you know, I have a, I have a powerful Sith Lord. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I just got to let him know. I have a power for this loss. I have persuasive powers. <laughs> so I, I have a power for So, you know, it is. <laughs> but now, again, it all depends on what DeAndre wants in this situation. Right. You know, right. and I'm not, I'm not trying to, not, I'm not trying to not to uh, go too, you know, long on this segment, but it depends on what he wants. Like, if he wants okay. to just win the title, I mean, and again, he, he gave his list. You know, he said yeah. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Jason Herbert. That's his list. Yeah. So now, if you're looking at this list, <laughs> nice BC, like love it. Uh, jo- the Bills, the Eagles, and the Ravens and the Chargers all have money to pay him. Yes. The Chiefs don't. Actually, I lied. The Bills don't either. The Bills and the Chiefs are both uh, they're in negative cap space right now. Okay. So they don't necessarily they have to move some things around, and he we still have to sign a vet minimum. For him to sign with them if he really wants to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still believe, because you also realize that to me, for the Chiefs, now, mind you, I don't want to see this shit happen. Let's be real about it. I'm a Chargers fan. I don't want to see John Hobbies nowhere near Kansas City, eating barbecue, talking to Patrick Mahomes, driving yeah. Andy Reid around. I don't care. I don't want to see you in no red and white. I don't want to see it. Don't but, fly over the state. Don't, don't, right, don't, don't state. visit. We don't listen. Stay the hell out of Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. They don't like you. Right. <laughs> they don't like you. I'm lying, but they love you. But that's not a conversation for another day. Right. But but again, again, you know, they have to move some things around. So do the Bills. You know, and I think right. that 
I think that Patrick Mahomes, again, would love DeAndre Hopkins because, again, he brings another skill set to the party because Darius Tony is uh, is uh, explosive too. Like, he, right. he he's, a, he's a speed guy. DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins is a possession guy, so that's a mix and match. Now, mm-hmm. we had a Kadarius Tony instead of Mike Williams, and we added DeAndre Hopkins. I'd be all for it because, again, that right. would add a different dynamic to your offense and what you can do okay. with him, right? Okay. But I think that it, it fits better for him to go to the Chiefs than the Chargers because, again, you have, you know, they you know they give Quinn Johnson credit for being faster than advertised, right? Mm-hmm. But he's still 6'4 and runs a, you know, somewhere around a 4'4 four, four to 4'5 four, 40. That's right. that we got three, we got two guys that already do that. Right. So bringing DeAndre Hopkins would give us a fourth guy that does the same thing, in my opinion. You know, okay. tall, long, outside, boundary-receiving possession guy. That's that's who okay. DeAndre is. So I don't yeah. really feel like he's a fit for the Chargers, in, my, in all honesty. Um, okay. So that it, you know, so that 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 kind of rules that out. Now, from the Eagles and the Ravens' perspective, and it makes a whole lot of sense because that again, yeah. Devontae can play the slot. True. He's built like a slot. True. So you line up AJ and and, and DeAndre on the outside and put Deont- and Devontae in the slot. Good luck. Good luck that shit. Like, for real. Like, let's be real about it. Let's just good luck guarding it. Good luck guarding it. If they get this done, I'm telling you, that general manager needs to go work on Congress. He does. Howard Roseman is, would be a flat-out genius. A flat-out genius. This is, this is a perfect time because you do not have to take the full brunt of a contract. Andre's contract. You don't. He's a, he's, he's a one and done. Then they got $7 million in effective space that they can pay him right now. And that's better than most. Listen. On a contending on team. Paper, a team that just was in the Super Bowl. And just reloaded. And just reloaded. On, on paper. Yeah. And because of what you have to buy in at. Yep. Take, take, a, take a flyer. Take a flyer. Then one you, year. You've never, you've never heard of DeAndre being a horrible teammate. So nope. he fits the chemistry. And you damn sure know Jalen Hurts is a great leader. And hello. Brown, so hello. If that oh. happens, man, I'm telling you, I'm not watching football this year. <laughs> not the NFC. Now, you watch the NFC. The NFC, no, we're not watching it. I'm not watching football but, this yeah, year. But yeah, but two other ones, the, the Ravens make a lot of sense because, again, you know, Odell's older injury injury yeah. history. So that's yeah. one thing. Bateman's coming off an injury. Zay is that dude, but he's smaller. Yep. So – Again, you give all you give Lamar Jackson all the weapons he needs yeah. to be a be a dominant thrower with a new OC. Come on, Bateman, Zay, DeAndre, Odell, Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, sign me up for that. And sign it works because now you can use Odell and spot duty. Exactly. You don't got to play him every down. Yeah. yeah. You don't got to play him every down. Yeah. So it works for me. It works for me because I mean, you imagine this: Bateman and, and DeAndre on the outside, Zay and Odell in the slot. Good luck, good luck, Garnett. Go ten personnel. <laughs> yeah, go. Let's go. Line it up. And it up. You can Mark Andrews Mark, in the middle of that. Mark and Andrews. you can put Mark Andrews in there in certain places at the slot position because now you have a big body. And you know what it does to the defense if you go spread. If you spread me out with five wide receivers, four receivers in the tight end, and Mark Andrews is the tight end, nobody can double. Anybody one, and if you rush, if you rush more than four, guess what Lamar's going to do to you? He's going to kill you with his legs. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be in the bed you max coverage, and you you don't you don't blitz Lamar. He's going to kill you with his legs. Yeah, he's so going to be in your bed. He's a famine. Pick pick your poison. 
Picky poison. Yeah, Picky and, poison. and and to bring it bring, bring it home with BC's comment, the Browns are playing in play too. Because look at it like this. Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside. You got uh they the just traded Jones for people's people people Jones, but they just traded for Elijah Moore. That sounds sexy. <laughs> I'm just and and you know what him and Deshaun did together. So it's and, familiar. And they already know, and they already know each other. Yeah. They already know each other. So you mean to tell they, me Amari Cooper? Yep. Yeah, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins on the outside, Elijah Moore on the inside. And they just drafted a kid. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. Um, they got Marquise Goodwin. I forgot about him. Yep. And they drafted Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. Ooh, that's sexy. Just saying. And we know Deshaun can, uh, we know DeAndre can help Deshaun stay away from olive oil fields. So that's good. <laughs> he came out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came yeah. out of trouble. He okay. came out of trouble. Hey, I can see, I can listen. You are a Sith Lord, so you convinced me. I tell you, you know, I got I got powerful <laughs> Jedi powers, man. I got powerful <laughs> Jedi powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we did our fan appreciation segment. We got through that. Jack came through, man. Appreciate you for doing that as well, Jack. As always, yep. man. We got finally got you on the show. We'd love to have you back again. Anybody else that wants to come on the show, let us know. We'll be glad to have anybody that wants to come on the show and chop it up with us. We'll be greatly appreciative of that. Yes, indeed. But to wrap up the show, man, let's talk about way too early award winners. Okay, so let's do it. If we were pressed into duty and we were forced mm-hmm. to pick who we think right here, right now, before we have any formal training camp, any formal preseason games or regular season games, who do we feel like on paper looks like an MVP, an offensive player of the year, a defensive player of the year? Okay. So let's start with defensive player of the year. That, you know, that's my that's my lane. I love to start there. So we're going to start with who you think, if you had to pick one guy right now that you're a bet man, you got to put some money down in Vegas, right now on the books, who's your defensive player of the year right now? Michael Parsons. Like that. You kind of stole mine. <laughs> it was sneaky, but I was like, oh, that's a good one. Damn. That's, yeah. ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, so Michael Parsons is your yeah because he's gonna be a full time pass rusher according to what he's saying this year. He's no yep. longer playing coverage. Yo, I'm coming after the pass every day all day. Yep. So that's a good one. I like that. I like that one. That's a good one. Damn. Uh. Um. If I had to, if I had to say, um, yeah, T.J. Watt is in my conversation. He'll be healthy. He will be healthy, and he will be whole, and he got help because they drafted yeah. they drafted some guys on that defensive front that's going to help him out, so he don't got to take all the pressure, you know, on his shoulders by himself. Yeah, you know what? I kind of like this. This might sound crazy, but just speaking of AFC in, in particular, I kind of like Miles Garrett. Fair. I kind of like Miles Garrett, and I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. Because they drafted a kid to to go alongside of him that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. But they drafted Sikiaka, that, that's gonna help him uh that's gonna help him in the middle. But mm-hmm. the Derry Smith is on the mm-hmm. other side of him now. Good pick. So you're going to tell me that with Zadari Smith on one side, him on the other, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to double team him at any given facet at all game anymore. He's gonna rip them tackles to pieces. Yeah. 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 So if, if it ain't Micah, I think Miles Garrett has a 
field day this year because if Zadarius and him both stay healthy and they can, and the office is better this year with Deshaun being back mm-hmm. fully in fully full year, you know, no drama. Yeah. I definitely think that Miles Garrett can have a year and really wreak havoc because, I mean, he's a handful of double teaming. Yes. So you been telling me if you get him singled up because you got to focus on Zadarius too, because if you don't focus on him and you let one go, if you, if you double one, the other one's going to kill you. Mm. So you got to play him straight up and get the ball out. You got oh. trouble, trouble. Yeah, I like Miles Garrett. More and more yeah. I'm talking about, it, I like Miles Garrett. So Okay. Yep. So offensive player of the year, who you got? I want to go with the player that we see on the screen. Uh, but I think Justin Jefferson. Not bad. Not bad. Now, he's going to be uh, shadowed by Jordan Addison this year. So, he will definitely have a, a, a more of a speedy, dynamic weapon to uh, take some pressure off of him. So, that's a, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Mm. Always a player of the year for me. Um... <laughs> Hmm. You know, for some reason, now don't 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 uh you know don't 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 hold my feet to the fire. Don't yeah, stri- right. don't don't string me up if I don't if I'm wrong here. But for some reason, that my 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 Jedi powers are are telling me to say Saquon Barkley. I can see that he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's mad that he's contract year, like he's yeah. trying to get paid. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I feel like Saquon has a has a banner year this year. I can see that. I just feel like Saquon have a banner year for some reason. Like, I mean, we're talking dual threat passing, running. Like, he gonna mess around and have you know twenty touchdowns, fifteen hundred yards. You know, a new year, a whole another year with a better O line on the day ball system. Eighteen hundred total. <laughs> yeah, or man. more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. 20, 23, 2400 total, uh, total, total yards. Total yards. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Force is strong. When, when, when you, yeah. yeah. When the force tells you, you just got to go with it, man. You got to go with it. Got to go with it. I got to go okay. with it. So, how about MVP? Jalen Hurts. I like it. I like it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this. If Jalen Hurts gets DeAndre Hopkins, right to, right, just write the check. <laughs> <laughs> just write the check. Like, just like just, just engrave the award now. Okay, let's yes. just get it out of the way. We don't need to we don't need to wait 17 weeks. Engrave yeah. the award now. <laughs> However, Everybody else is going for our offensive player of the year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> However, if Patrick Holmes gets DeAndre Hopkins, he's gonna he's gonna win. Exactly. He's gonna win back to back MVPs. He damn near might have six thousand yards. Yeah. You mean tell me with a with a healthy Sky Moore. A uh, healthy Valdez Scanlon, a healthy uh, Darius Tony, and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, and we forget about Travis Kelsey. I'm, I didn't want to say it. It's not even fair. <laughs> it's not fair at that point. It's not fair. No, no. not fair. You'll have six thousand. Right. So yeah, I, I think I think that's good. It's it's a pretty, It might come down to who gets Jaylen, who gets DeAndre Hopkins. Who wins the MVP? It might. I like what you're saying. So either way, if Hurts or Mahomes gets them, just going. Engrave and just send it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not let's not deal with formalities. Just yeah, let's just, just go, let's call it what it is. Let's just call it what it is. I think that you know the, the odds are favorite than MVP right now. Who lands DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, 
it, that really just depends on who does. Like, you know, and again, Moore opens up the offense like we think he will and light up the scoreboard. I think Herbert has a shot. I like that, BC. I do. I do like that. I do. I, th- I believe that, you know, as much as, and I think we both have trepidation. I like that word. Like, we both have trepidation about the Quinn Johnson pick, right? Because I'm much yeah. worried about that, that Jalen, Jalen Hyatt, say Flower was one of those guys as a, as a yeah. burner, as a slot, right? However, I think that if a healthy Eckler, if Quinn Johnson can be that a guy that slot, um, you know that can you know can add a different dynamic and a playmaking level for that is going is going to take the pressure off Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and they can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I think that um it will definitely help Herbert's numbers, and I think that he could you know break some records this year. So he definitely is in the mix as well. You know, but again, you know, let's say hypothetically the DeAndre goes to the, the Browns. And I think he got a high fair shot. But I'm just saying, if you line up uh DeAndre with Jalen or Patrick, yeah, that's, it's over. It's, it's, it's like, over. We already played for second place. That's just unfair unfair cheat code. Yeah, I'm I'm there. Yeah. yeah, BC, let's um let's let's shoot for next show, man. We uh we we probably gonna probably wrap this up here in a minute. Um yeah. yeah, we'll shoot for next show and get you on, man. We definitely like to have you on the show for sure. Um, you know, we don't want to go too much longer on this. We've been on about two hours now. So, uh, yeah, but yeah I definitely believe that um, it, it should be. Um, I think the MVP might be dictated with who gets DeAndre if it's a contending team, and yeah. then we just and we just again we just you just tailor it from there. Yeah, tailor it from there. Yeah, I like Darius Davis. I think he can be a, a sneaky uh, a, a fourth option as well. Um, you know, he's definitely got the speed. You know, and then again, if you got the focus on, if you got to worry about Keenan, Quentin, and Mike, then he's going to get loose. He's going to get loose, and then Guyton comes back off that ACL because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to put too much faith in Guyton this year. I need him to come back healthy and, and get and get his legs underneath him. You know, because especially, you know, and I feel like being a speed guy, it, it takes a yeah. little more time when you when you have ACL because you have to really depend on that to get up to that top end speed. So just just don't rush him. Don't rush him back. I think that if you Allowed other guys to play and guy can come in along slowly and then he can maybe add to the offense at the back end of the season. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. But I would not try to rush him back and make him take a lot of snaps because it's going to do nothing but, but set him back in his recovery. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll we'll see, man. But I think that uh you don't think he might make the 53, really? I think I think he should, and I think he does. I think he should learn a lesson from last year about not having enough receivers. Yes. I think that Guyton, Darius Davis. Quentin, Mike, and and Keenan all should make it. That's 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 five. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might, I think you might need to add a six. To be honest, which I think you need most teams need to carry in this day and age to carry six receivers. Yes, you should carry yes. six receivers. Very much so. Yeah, I think you should. So we'll see how things shake out, but but I, I'm hoping he does because we're gonna need that weaponry, man. That four three speed, you know. And again, even if you got to put him on the pup list, like put him, you know, put him on the pup list for the first half of the season, and let him recover, and let him practice, and let him, you know, get it stronger. And then uh, bring him in on that back half of the season, you know, especially if we take an injury for a couple of weeks from somebody else and we can just plug and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But I hope he does make it because we need that. We need that weapon on offense. And that, that, will, help, that will help Justice Case to win MVP <laughs> in that regard. If you got somebody that throws him downfield, because he got to be able yeah. to open it up the offense, man, and use that arm. Got to do it, man. Got to do it. True. Got to do it. All right, man. So that should wrap it up, man. I think that's going to be it for us, man. We're going to do. Um, it's been a great show. You know, a nice birthday stream for your boy. Appreciate yeah. everybody coming through. You know, we had Jack going BC in the chat. You know, Pete Jones came through. 
uh, you know, a few others, you know, so we appreciate everybody coming through, man. Uh, we're going to be off another week. I'm going on vacation uh, this week, taking my daughter to Disney World. So we'll see how that is. Pray, pray for me. I got to I gotta <laughs> pray for me. You know, I, I got to deal with uh, 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 a child that loves Disney already. So she's going to be <laughs> on a different level. <laughs> this Have you taken her to see Little Mermaid yet? Or are you going to She, wants, she wants to take her while she's down there. Okay. I want to take her to see her while she's down there. So, uh, yeah, we'll I'll see. I'll pray we'll, for you. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's, it's, uh, all prayers are welcome and needed. <laughs> Hope you get to a sports bar at some point. At some point, right? Because <laughs> the going to be going on, so I got I to gotta watch, watch the games, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see, man. Appreciate you, BC, man. Thank you for coming through, man, as always. And I definitely want to get you on the show when we definitely come back in two weeks, man. So I, I'll keep you abreast of that. I'll hit you up on Twitter about that as well. So, yeah. But I said, everybody has been in the chat. They've been rocking with us this whole time. We appreciate y'all, man, as always. We'll take a week off. We'll be back um, in two weeks, uh, as always, and you know, give y'all more news and views of the sports world from the Misfits of the Airways. But in the meantime, yes. in between time, I'm Coach Divas. That's Coach Kurt. Until we see you again, we'll see you when we see you. Step up and lock it down.